Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. new MMA Roasted Podcast. It's me, Adam Hunter. The crew is back. Yes. We have T-Rex. I'm back. Jake Ellenberger. I'm back. Uh, I have. I just got back from Fight Week. I have so many great stories, but I, I was like, well, if I start with uh, telling them up front, you guys are not going to be able to talk. So <laughs> let's get to you guys first. Uh, Jake, how are you? How was your week? What's I'm going good. on? It was, it was great. It was a busy week. Vegas was insane. There was a lot of people, but uh, it was a good time. I had a my brother Adam, my older brother, got married, so I was at a had a wedding in Omaha, and then nice. I, I flew out early the next morning for a, for a couple signings at the expo. And yeah, you got no, you actually took it all nighter, right? You you didn't go to bed at all. You went no, right from Omaha, no. no sleep. Early flight, yep, to Vegas. So then I got a little a little bit of sleep before the the signing, and it was it was a little bit rough that day. <laughs> <laughs> Any uh, tail in uh, no in Vegas? Wasn't, nothing. Yeah, I just I, you know I saw some girls hanging on you, but they were just cousins or something, or, or friends or. <laughs> Cousins, Being yeah. from Omaha, cousins. that doesn't really mean anything. Yeah, yeah that's actually, that's the girl of <laughs> choice, <yes>. actually. And, <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. So that was cool. And then uh, I saw you at the uh, fights. Uh, that was uh, We'll talk about that in a little bit, about the the, the, the uh, wide mid machine yeah. fight. Yeah, wow. There's some great fights, though. It was a good card. I mean, that, that last, the main event was, uh, we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit, I guess. Uh, T-Rex. Yeah, man. I had a good uh, two weeks. I haven't seen you in like two weeks. So yeah. I went to uh, Vegas for World Series of Fighting 10. And uh, and actually was in Derek Maimon's wedding. Derek Maimon beat up Dave Huckaba. I saw that. That and, was a good uh, fight. It was a great fight. Um, and so we went out that night, party till in the morning. Next day, went to uh, went to uh, Skrillex had a beach party. So we went to that over at the Excess in Vegas and stayed out till eight in the morning again. And the next <laughs> night, we went to Hakkasan and stayed out till eight in the morning again. Then by the time Tuesday came for the show, for my shows to start at Bally's, I was like, I was destroyed. But I had great shows. Boz Rutten came out. That was a didn't Boz a, beat you up? You were telling me? Yeah, he was. Uh, <laughs> Boz came to the show with Steve Carl, and then uh, we ended up all hanging out at the bar downstairs at the in the casino. And then Boz was, um, of course, you know, imbibed. You know, he got he got a little hammered as we all did, and he got a little crowd watching him. And uh, as he was telling stories, and then he just started using me as a practice dummy to show people his moves <laughs> on the casino floor. So, he's, so on the casino floor, Boz is demonstrating moves on you. Right? Are you like? Are you? Are you, now are you, are you drunk I'm, having fun? Yeah, or are you I'm drunk like... and I'm laughing my ass off the whole time. And Steve Carl's doubled over laughing, and the crowd's <laughs> rolling. I mean, people are just like gathered around, and even security. I thought they were going to tell us to break it up. You're like, all right, you guys. But once they realized it was Boz, they were just like. Watching, it was I feel like, like oh, Boz can almost cool. be a, a comedian because he he puts on a show when there are people watching. Hell yeah! Dude, I don't he's know if people so understand funny, a word he said when he he's on stage, but I think he'd be great uh, at comedy. Actually, well, I told him that that night because when he had everybody in the palm of his hand, just talking to the whole crowd in the casino, I said, "Man, you could do stand up." And he was like, "No, nah, man, it's different when you're hanging out with your friends and at a bar." That's he true. Was like, he was like, if I put a two by four on the floor right here and told you to walk across it, anybody in here would do it with ease and doing spins in the middle of it. But I put that same two by four 20 feet in the air, people are going to be scared to walk across it. That's the same as doing comedy. 
which I thought was pretty cool that he said that. That's true. This, uh, this is a good euphemism or whatever. That means he's thought about it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was good, man. And then I just got back from San Diego with the family, doing the whole SeaWorld thing down there and, and uh, chilling on the beach. Loved nice. It. Great times. I had a, a crazy, a crazy week. So, <laughs> I can't wait to hear this. So I go to the Fan Expo, right? And I don't, I, first of all, I'm kind of nervous that some fans going to knock me out or at least try to <laughs> sucker punch me. Right. I, or even, I, I don't, I'm pretty sure a fighter won't, but I don't, I'm not really sure what to expect, you know? Yeah. I, I had no idea, like, how much fun it was going to be. I, yeah, I this was is the a, first time I haven't been to a Fan Expo in... Probably three years. First time ever going, right? So the first night, I, I like go there. I I, I, I literally came from the, went from the podcast to Rhonda's mom to the show. I got there like a minute before the show starts. Thanks for showing up that day, by the way. Although, let's, that's say, yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I screwed up, okay? I, I take full responsibility, unlike other people on this table, when they screw up. Okay, so... <laughs> I screwed up. Now, yeah, Jake. Now, what happened was that <laughs> night I like go out to this. Uh, Tracy Lee is like, "Hey, we're having a party at like Drake's. It's a beach party, right?" Uh -huh. So it's that night. This thousands of the hottest women in bikinis. It was almost like obnoxiously yeah. like mm -hmm. it was like I could have hit on any girl. Doesn't matter how many times you get rejected. One would have been better than how like I like would have right. done. So I see Luke Barnett, right? And I'm like, I mean, he's sitting down and still taller than me. You know, he's uh, <laughs> the dude is probably cool the, one of the coolest people I've met in my life. Really? Him and his, his buddy Tom, who's his manager, who's this guy like, with glasses, super cool guy, but Tom's like, really funny guy. Like, someone came up to me in a Speedo, and they're like, hey, I was wearing a Guns N' Roses shirt. The guy's like, hey, tight shirt. And Tom's like, uh, you know, it's not tight, you're asshole. And it's like... <laughs> And I'm sitting there dying. He, he said it like under his breath, but it was hilarious. Right. And Luke Barnott's like, look, I'm an ugly dude. I know I'm ugly, but I get chicks. Like, but he, had, he had a girlfriend. He has a girlfriend back at home, so he was right. behaving. But he was like one of those guys that when they have a girlfriend and, and they can't get pussy, they try to make everyone else laugh. Right. So Luke Barnott is dancing on like the – he's literally – dancing on the the tables and like the bar so it's these, these little girls dancing and luke barnott who's seven foot whatever it was <laughs> so we're walking around having a great time I, and then i see nate diaz right and he's kind of like like mad dogging people but not really it's just this is like his face <laughs> it's just how right? he looks it's just how he looks does he have right? a baseball hat on mm -hmm. no but he just, he just looks like it looks like he's like He's like that dog. You know how like you have like a, those certain types of like pit bulls that are just ready to fuck you up at any time. But they're really sweet, really right. sweet dogs. But you're just like, do you know that if you fuck with their owner, that dog would, would kill you? You know, it's like a. Tr that's that's basically Nate Diaz. But he sees me and he his face lights up. Adam, like, and I I only know him from like Twitter. He's like, <laughs> he gives me a huge fucking like, what's up, man? Uh, he's like, dude, I'm sorry about your podcast. I want to come on. You're really funny. I'm not funny, but you're really funny, and I, I don't want to go on your podcast and have people think that I'm being a dumb uh, like I don't care if you like he's trying to explain to me what and he was honestly <laughs> Nate Diaz was one of them is probably one of the most humble fighters I've met and I, and people are gonna be like well, are you no I'm telling you because I was I talked to him for like a half an hour and it's funny because people were like taking I'm like take a picture right so he takes one picture of me and he's smiling and then he goes oh uh, 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 take that again and then the next one he's like he's like miserable with a fist <laughs> like <laughs> Like most people take pictures right. and like they're like, oh, I want to get the other one the way I'm smiling. He's it's the opposite. Like he he totally yeah, yeah. like Fuck, screw that smile. Yeah, he Let's like he one. like broke character and he was talking about like I was asking about like the Khabib fight and Miles Jury had called him out at that time and he's like, man, who's Miles Jury? I'm like, well, I, I know who Miles. Well, yeah, but who is like? Do you know who he is? I'm like, well, I happen to yes. But he was like, mm -hmm. he, but he was saying. 
He's like, who knows? Miles might beat me. I'm like, really? He's like, no. But he was, but in a way, he was a extremely humble. No, I said, Miles is not going to beat you. He's like, yeah, you're right. But he was like, really? I'm telling you, I had him. I didn't know the Diaz brothers, but how they are on TV is not how. And everyone has like told us that right. that's come on the show. Mm -hmm. But even like Nick Diaz, like so, Nick and Jake Shields are walking. I'm like, hey, Nick. And Nick was like kind of busy and didn't like blow me off. But it was just, it was like whatever. And then Nate's like, man, he doesn't talk to me either. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I'm telling you, Nate Diaz is like, I, I really hope we get him on the show. And then he's like, hey, man, come train with me. I'm like, oh, all right, sure. <laughs> like, you know, you're, like, fighters kept asking me to come train with them, which, uh, which I did, actually. That's, uh, that's the second part of this. Uh, so I go to Syndicate Gym, right? Because the guys from Syndicate, John Wood, they're, my, uh, Mike, uh, what's his name? Mike, uh, oh. Mike Pyle. Mm -hmm. they're, they're always like, hey, come. So I go. It's a nice gym. It's a great gym. Mm -hmm. And Vinny Magalese is teaching, right? What, what's the one... Uh, dude that is there is a giant he looks like a white gorilla he's a white dude that's just huge the, the, I don't know that's probably every guy so they had <laughs> he's, he's always, <laughs> so I go to Syndicate right I'm trying to think of his and name. they're getting ready for Grappler's Quest so they just do an hour of live rolling which uh, me like I'm, I'm 36 and I'm not in I'm, I'm on antidepressant shape you know so <laughs> I it's one of those things I'm like I did, not, I did not want to do an hour of live rolling like after like going with, so I go with people for five minutes I'm holding my own uh, but you know, for me at least. But then, uh, I wrestled. But I'm going up against one kid that's like 110 pounds, mm -hmm. and I and I can't submit him. And I'm I'm, I'm dominating him, but I'm like, oh, little fucker knows how to. So, so I'm but I'm doing well. I'm, I'll go up against a huge guy, and then Vinny's like, hey, why don't you roll with me? So I'm thinking Vinny's gonna take it easy on me. I mean, he's what like a Abu Dhabi champion yeah. and a. I don't know the best in the world in jujitsu, mm -hmm. and he he defined, he beat Chris Weidman with a flying triangle. Like, okay, Vinny. Vinny B. Magnus made me tap like fucking, it was his birthday, maybe this was his, his present, but uh, <laughs> I, I was like, at first I went from like trying to s do something to him to just trying to not to tap, to right. survive. Mm -hmm. Like, dude, I, I felt like a helpless kid uh, going up against Vinny Magalies. but it was still cool. I was actually happy, but I'm like, I'm not gonna tap, I'm not gonna tap, yeah. and then as I was limping out of the fucking thing, I'm like, why did I, as he's giving me an ankle lock, why did I not fucking tap to that? It was crazy. Mm. It was, uh, <laughs> So that was he is a, he's one of the best in the world. He's he's a he's a cool dude though. Fun guy to roll with. I mean, super nice. And yeah. then afterwards, he's like he's like, hey man, he's like, I tell you, you've done this before. My I'm like, I wrestled in high school, and yeah. you know, I was trying to make myself feel better at the time. And he said, no, no. He's like, you're good. But he goes, I can tell you know you you're good on top. But then I was like, uh, but then he also told me that Alexis Davis was going to beat Ronda. So based on based on what <laughs> I don't know if I could really believe what he said. So <laughs> so that was that that was that that was crazy. But the crazy part about Fight Weekend, right? So I go. There and uh, the girl, with the, the uh, purple hair, came with me mm -hmm. from Canada. Uh, oh, from Edmonton. Edmonton. Oh, she showed yeah, up. Yeah, she came. She never been to Vegas before. Oh, snap. she never been to a club before, right? So what? Oh, <laughs> I don't know. She's 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 super sweet. She seemed cool. She's really really cool chick. I, I mean, she lives in Canada, has a kid. I, I don't know. How, uh, this she's just like she's like right now. She's a really you know I I I, I like her. She's a, she's a, she's a really cool chick, but I don't, I don't know if I see much longevity here but she was really really cool all did right she, did she queef in your face or something she didn't she didn't queef in my face at all right so uh <laughs> but the funny part was that like man i i i could have took carmen electra on this trip and i would have got i'm like fuck like things would have went well i like pull up to like the love i got from the fans i so i go i go to lion fights to see tiffany time bomb who, mm -hmm. who looked awesome right. in her fight she mm -hmm. killed it so the the lot was full right and then someone's like 
the valet guy goes, MMA roasted! I go, so I pull in, he's like, comes over, he goes, dude, it's it's my goal to be roasted by you one day. <laughs> he goes, he goes, let me take your car. The guy named is Boston Salmon. That's his name. Boston, <laughs> I swear to God, he trains at Extreme Couture. He's uh-huh. pretty good, he's from Hawaii. Boston Salmon, I'm giving you a shout out. Right? He, made, he, made, he made me look really cool, right? So then we go to this, uh, the, the, we go to Lion Fight and I'm paying like seventy dollars. And Juliana Pena is with her like her uh, her trainer Rick. And the guy's like oh, he goes I, he goes Adam he goes I, I I got it. He fucking lays out the money, pays for me to go in. Like I was like treated like a fuck like a king. And then and then some little twelve year old comes over and goes and they roasted. You make me laugh all day. And all I kept thinking about is like like my like blowjob and fisting jokes that I put out there. Like <laughs> it was sort of sort of strange. So I do my my comedy show right now. I I, I invite a bunch of fighters. I'm in town. Blah blah. blah. Like the 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 fights. So Forrest Griffin had, already had blocked me on Twitter, right? He he didn't he didn't like because I made a joke about when he ran out after his fight against Tito, he tested positive for bath salts, right? So <laughs> after that, I guess he was annoyed. He blocked me. So him and Matt Hughes came to the show, and they're like, "If he's not funny, we're gonna heckle, right?" So oh God. dude, the, the 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 crowd, all right? They put him up in like a VIP section, up which I kind of wish they did. I kind of wish that they put him up closer because I would like to fuck with him more. Mm-hmm. The crowd was like a bunch of old people up front that had no idea about fighting, just regular customers. Right. In the back, it's Forrest Griffin, uh, Tyron, uh, uh, Phil Davis, uh, Dustin Poirier, Cub Swanson, Juliana Pena, Johnny Hendricks, uh, Matt Hughes, Forrest Griffin. I, I think I said the Forrest Griffin. Uh, uh, a Luke, Luke Barnett and Kelvin mm. Gastelum, right? I was there. Uh, you were not you there. You didn't see me. I, dude. You must have missed me. <laughs> so there. I'm on stage and I'm like, man, I got to kill. If I, if, I, if, I, if, I don't, if I don't have a good set, if I bomb, which has happened, like if I bomb, I got to cancel my whole account because I will never, <laughs> I have to get out of the MMA. I will never hear the end. Yeah, next time you say something funny on Twitter, they're going to be like, oh, now you're going to wait to be funny. Yeah, oh, God. <laughs> it'll just be like, hey, you know. <laughs> wait till now to be funny. So I'm like, and uh, then I'm like, and, if, and it wasn't an easy crowd. Like the crowd, I could tell from the opener. They, the opener fucking tanked it and he was had some funny shit and then even the guy who was like killing it the night before he was like eh. and I'm like fuck this is not an easy crowd like it wasn't one of those like what night of the week was it it was Thursday. a Thursday night but it was just a weird crowd it was like a, a weird it was probably just the weirdest so I, I go up there and I, and then I started I'm like I'm not getting off till I crush I'm like okay. I don't care if I'm here for three hours <laughs> like I'm, I'm making sure I have a good set but it was it was fun it was all, it was a good set I had a good set and, I, and then I started roasting them because I'm like you know what they're, how often are they there so like Tyron Woodley comes in late I'm like oh it was like like him and like his black family and I'm like uh, <laughs> with his black family so I'm like oh the black people are late you know I, I go oh I go, I go, oh, uh, 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 Tyron Woodley. I'm like, well, he didn't show up to his uh, last fight either. Oh, my God. So, like, that, like, that crushed. And then I started just going off on him. Like, I was like, Cub Swanson's here, who's, like, an extra from Gangland. And, and I started, I go, Johnny Hendricks is here. I can't believe how hot your wife is. It's not even, like, your beard. That's actually her, her like, vagina. And, oh and then God. I started saying that Hendricks drove his John Deere here to the thing. And started, I was going to make fun of Matt Hughes, but he wouldn't get it anyway. I just started going, <laughs> I was just throwing bombs, you know. And uh, it was... It was I was a blast. Uh, like I was having a really good time. And then yeah. I, I even said like uh, talking about like guys, you know, jacking off on a girl's chest. So I'm like Tyron Woodley, you know, when you and your wife are there, like, uh, do you pull out? You're like, where should I put, my, you know, where should I put my milk on your cocoa puffs? And then the next day, Tyron Woodley's wife texted me or on tweeted last night he put his milk on my cocoa puffs, <laughs> which, oh my which made my oh, whole man. day, dude. It was it was so much fun. And then afterwards, I, I gave Luke Barnard a huge shout out, and and it was so it was. I was so happy these guys came and supported nice. and could actually see me do comedy. <laughs> and uh, 
And I was just like really, I was really pumped. Cause it was funny. Cause like a couple years ago I did the MMA awards and I had to like open up the show and everyone was seating. And I had this like dream of all these fighters that got, was so funny. And that's not what happened at all. <laughs> it was like, so, so it was good four years later to kind of redeem myself. Like not, redemption. That, not that they even remember those guys weren't even there at the MMA awards, but right. in my own head, it was like, it was mm -hmm. nice to see. Cause people sometimes just think I'm just a guy who makes MMA jokes. And I've been doing stand up for 15 years every yeah. night. So it was nice to mm -hmm. have these guys come and see that. And then Forrest Griffin was laughing the most. He, right. he was laughing even when no one else was laughing. He was laughing and he was, I could tell he's got a really good sick sense of humor yeah. and uh, and then afterwards like he came over to me they, they all gave me hugs took pictures and <laughs> it was it was like that's awesome greatest that is man one of the greatest moments of my life actually because I, I respect these guys so much so to like actually do comedy and then like the writers came like Chia Petta and Damon Martin and uh Mark Ramundi. Mark Ramundi and DJ was there, you know. That's awesome. uh, so it was, it was, that was like, uh, it was actually, I was, it, I was actually getting so happy and so much love that I started going up to fighters that don't follow the account and just telling them my roasted jokes, which went really bad. Cause uh, I was like, Neil, I go, Neil Magny, how's it going, man? I'm a big fan. I'm like, yeah, I, I wrote, uh, I, I'm a roasted. I, I wrote that you're the most likely to miss legs day at the gym. And he's like, huh? <laughs> and I'm like, uh, I, I gotta go, man. <laughs> like, <it's, laughs> I was like, like well, uh, yeah, that didn't go well at all. Oh, all right, I'll see you later. <laughs> like, I was like, oh shit, that 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 went bad. Oh, it's funny. So, uh, yeah, no, that 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 was fun. And then I actually, me and Shalb, I saw Shalb at a party. No I go Wait. to the, I, I go to this party, and uh, and I'm a little, I'm like, all these you know fighters are there, and everything's cool. And then I saw someone who I'm not gonna mention, but who uh, you know we had a, a little bit of a beef, but it, I, that was cool. I went up to him, I shook his hand, everything's cool. And then I look and I and I see Shalb. And I'm just like, oh God, maybe like, maybe maybe I'm like set up. Maybe they're all here. Like, so I see Shao. He's gonna jump you. Yeah, he's gonna jump me. And I'm looking around to go, all right, what fighters would stick up for me? And then I'm like, <laughs> and then nobody. That that list it was like Tracy Lee was on that list, and never nobody else. And even then, she would want forty dollars. So um, hilarious. So so. So Shaub comes over and he's like, uh, he's like, hey man, we're cool. He's like, I got nothing against you, man. Uh, we're, like we're really cool. So he comes over and then I was like, oh thanks, man. I'm a big fan. Shook his hand. I'm like, hey, can I take a picture so that we could document that we're cool? <laughs> like, <laughs> and then he's like, and then he put me in a chokehold, which it's kind of annoying, like in a way that like when fighters want to put me in a rear naked choke for the picture. Yeah. Because it's like, uh, I don't know, I don't really like that, but I'm like, uh, you know, I'll, I'll play along. But mm -hmm. then I remember that Shaub's fights in Metamorphosis, so I wasn't as concerned. But, um, <laughs> So, uh, no, but he uh, was actually, uh, it, it was cool to actually have. So, this is actually uh, what, what I, uh, one of the funniest. So, I get tickets to the fight. And I, 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 first, I go to the, the first fight, uh, 170, 175. And I had, it was great. It was awesome. I actually didn't even have my phone died. And someone's like, MMA roasted. I'm like, I can't tweet. He's like, he got, some guy gave me his phone to tweet from his phone. So, I'm, I'm actually having a great time. I see you, Jake. I had mm -hmm. to leave right before the main event. Like I had to, to do a show, oh. so I, I like missed the Weidman Machida fight. And I'm like, oh, it's probably not gonna be like a fight. And next thing on my whole Twitter is like, greatest fight ever, fight of the year. And I'm just like, oh, of course. So like, so then I get tickets <laughs> to the next night, and I, and I and I got I got hooked up with like, I'm sitting there like literally my next seat over is Chris Angel's next to me, uh, right in front of me. 
is uh, Ronnie from Jersey Shore, <laughs> and then it's uh, so you were sitting where the bozos were. Dana White is <laughs> Dana White's right next to me, right, right, right in front. Chris Weidman's right there, and uh, Wilmer Valderrama and Demi Lovato, and so like I'm right there. I'm like literally. Uh, Shamrock was there too. Ken Shamrock. It was it was the fucking greatest season. I I it was unbelievable. It was like I was like get put my phone away. I don't have time for this. This is I couldn't believe it. Right so. But the funny part, so Frankie Edgar's fighting, right? And everything's going great. Oh, this is a very integral part of the story. Uh, Olivia Bourdain and Anthony Bourdain are there. And Olivia Bourdain, I don't know people know this, is really, she, yeah, she came, she's a jiu-jitsu lady, and she's like, I love your podcast. She was like, she's like, I'm a huge fan of your podcast. And Anthony Bourdain, if people know this, is on CNN, and you know he's got all this stuff. So he, I could tell that he likes MMA, but he loves his wife, and his wife is really into it, and he's sort of, like, he's sort of kind of nervous. This is not really his scene. Maybe I'm projecting, maybe I'm wrong. Mm -hmm. It just seems like that's the kind of situation it is. So, he's watching, his hand is kind of shaking a little bit, and so Frankie Edgar is friends with, like, Wow, and I guess knows Ronnie from Jersey Shore. They're all from Jersey. So Ronnie from Jersey Shore is wearing a tank top and sunglasses. Frankie's on fighting, and all of a sudden you see Ronnie go, "Fucking Frankie, kill him, beat that motherfucker, foot stomp him, Jersey mother!" Like the entire fight, screaming at Anthony's ear, and, and Chris Wyman's there, and it was like fucking so ridiculous. It was kind of embarrassing. I, I'm, it was ri- yeah, ridiculous. We know you're here, Ronnie. Relax. And he's, he's jumping on his chair, going, "Kill that motherfucker, fucking Jersey motherfucker." Just Frank- Roy raging there. That's my. Like Roy, beyond, like that's my fucking boy, and I'm sitting there laughing my ass off. I'm not like to myself because I'm like yeah. poor Anthony Bourdain, <laughs> like he's like this classy guy on CNN, the fucking best-selling yeah. book, and he's got Ronnie from Jersey Shore going, motherfucking, that's how we do it in Jersey, that's how we fucking do it. This is the, fu- the wha- fucking a motherfucker. Just oh, oh god, it was unbelievable. <laughs> And I'm looking over, and I'm like, and I'm like, is Chris Wyman gonna tell him to calm down? Like, cause Chris Wyman's from Long Island too, and you could tell that, like. But I'm like, here's the fucking toughest guy, and maybe in the world, just fought Lyoto Machida, yeah. and he's just sitting there with his wife, super sweet, blah blah. blah. And then you got this guy from Jersey Shore d- jumping on his chair, running around, uh, collecting hundred dollar bills on bets, like, kill him, Frankie, fuck it. Oh, it was. I'd never seen anything like it before. It was unbelievable. <laughs> so no one ever told him to shut up? No, I'm, I'm not going to tell him. The guy looked like he was like halfway through. I'm not going to punch him. I'm not going to fight. I'm sitting in my chair. I'm fucking, I'm thrilled with these seats. Like, I'm not. Right. <laughs> but he was thrown over, out. Just real quick. He was overcompensating because it was a very BJ crowd. It was a BJ crowd. And I think mm. that he was like, yeah, what motherfucker? He was yeah. definitely like, uh, it was like us versus them. But there was definitely a ways he could have reacted that I thought would have been way cooler than how he reacted. Like, come on. It was, but it was entertaining as hell. So, uh, anyway, so that's that. That that that, that was my my uh, my uh, week. Oh, so anyway, so funny story. So I meet Ben Askren, right? And Ben Askren couldn't have been cooler. He's like, hey, I met Todd Rex, your partner, blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah, I met him at WSOF 10. So, so Ben Askren's like, he, so he, so I'm like making jokes about Ben Askren. First, he's like, you got to, you know, Adam, he gave me like a knee, like a fake knee, you know, like, oh, you know, take a picture, blah, blah, blah. So I'm, I, I wrote a joke about Ben Askren, how he should change his nickname to Boo. That way when he's fighting, he thinks that people are actually cheering for him. And, <laughs> and uh, just all these jokes about Ben Askren. If he, so he starts putting, like, he starts calling out Hendricks on, uh, on Twitter during the fights. Yeah. Johnny Hendricks, you look fat. Why don't you fight me? Your, your Uncle Dana can't protect you. All this stuff, right? So 
Matt Hughes is now following me on Twitter based on uh, him coming to the show, right? So I'm retweeting Ben Askren because I just think it's funny. And also for my text chat, I want people to know that there's actually these real feuds going on. So when I have Ben Askren, it's like kind of based on reality and that could just make it funnier that mm. way. So... With it, so I like write a joke about Ben Askren, and then I, then about how if Ben Askren was half as entertaining as he was on Twitter and in, in real life, he wouldn't be fighting in Singapore, right? So, oh, oh my god! But then I kind of feel bad because then at the next within three seconds, Askren goes, "Hey man, I really wanted to come to your show. Uh, sorry I couldn't make it. I was too busy trolling everyone." So I'm like, "Fuck, man! I was kind of a, a dig. It was funny, but I was like, eh." So I write like, "Listen, I write Ben Askren uh, is one of my favorite fighters, which is true. I'm a huge Ben Askren fan. He should be in the UFC, and he's a good role." model then matt hughes writes hey man what the fuck kind of roasted is this i, I didn't he's like i'm gonna unfollow you fucking this is the shit you're putting right <laughs> so then ben Askren writes hey matt hughes I, I know you have a tough grip but sorry man uh you know uh, it's it's not it's not, not good enough for me so then they start fighting on twitter ben Askren and matt hughes start going at it it's all because of me, not all because of me but i feel slightly <laughs> responsible because if he hadn't followed me he wouldn't even know what ben Askren was saying <laughs> yeah. so then ben Askren, matt hughes is like hey you know Askren, uh you know uh, maybe you should you know talk less I never had to talk to get where I would. And then Askren says, well, we'll work for Chael. They start going back and forth. And all the fans are now chiming in with their own. So now it's on the front cover of the UG, Askren and Hughes feuding on Twitter. And I sort That's of awesome. feel, yeah, it's awesome. Let's bring Matt out of retirement. Let's. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, so that, was, that was that. Now, uh, uh, we, we have, we, we have uh, Coleman coming on in like five. Do you want to do the fights for five minutes and then talk to Coleman? All right. Let's, let's we, cover we got to cover the fights. Uh, Machida versus Weidman. Ellenberger, T-Rex, what do you guys think? There was, first of all, there was a lot of, there was some really, really good fights. And a couple people that really impressed me were Faber and Weidman. Um, I actually picked Machida to win this fight. And um, I like them both. Great, great guys. Machida's very, he's just a tricky guy to fight. And, uh, you know, I figured if, if he can catch him, you know, that he was going to win this fight. But I knew it was going to be an extremely tough fight. Um, and, and Weidman really stepped up, in, you know, in competition. He really impressed me. Um, and he really kept the pressure on on Machida, which is hard to do because Machida's like such a great counter striker too. He's a great counter fighter, and he and he moves his feet so well. It's really hard to kind of move do, forward. Do you think that he kind of gave the first three rounds away? Kind of. Yeah, you know, the first round it didn't look like him. He was just he kind of was he was kind of run away a little bit, and it was just like you know you're losing rounds. You know what I mean? So. Um, and that was a terrible strategy to give away the first three rounds. Yeah, and exactly. Kind of knock him out. In the, in what, the, I agree. I think you know he should have came out. Um, and, and really just started throwing his kicks right away, and he kept kept the pressure because, you know, regardless if he's not uh, Weidman's not landing, he's moving forward. He's he's controlling the octagon. He's winning rounds. So, you know, that was a that was a great fight to watch. I mean, the last two rounds were unbelievable. You know, Weidman, you know, Weidman did win the fight. That was a, that was a, that was a good decision. But he he really impressed me though. Weidman did. Mm -hmm. He impressed me. Uh, at the same time, I think that. Uh if he, if he wants to stay the champion, mm -hmm. he can't afford to take those punches uh, from, you know, I, I feel like he, he took more damage than he probably could have, even when he was up against a cage covering up mm -hmm. and letting, not letting him, but it seemed like that was, uh, in some ways, he should have been more elusive and gotten off the cage. And, uh, you know, I, I, I applaud, he's one of my favorite fighters, and I, I applaud his heart. At the same time, I think for longevity purposes, mm -hmm. you may not want to, just see how many punches you can take. Yeah, you know that Especially from a cat like machine. Absolutely, I mean it's it's yeah, absolutely it's all relative. I mean I I say the same thing about you know when I fought Lawler. It's like, you know, I, of course I didn't I, I I didn't go into the fight expecting to lose, but you know you, you, you things happen and, and you take you take punches you don't want to. But 
you know, hopefully you can do enough to not take as, as many. But G- uh, giving away rounds, though, is to me like I'm not sure is, you're intentionally giving away rounds, but you know, and that's uh, I feel like his strategy too is like, okay, let's let's move our feet a lot, let's maybe get him tired, or you know, I don't know what else he was doing, but it's like even if you're not offensive, you're not winning. I mean, um, you know, even with my my brother's fight when he fought the other guy, it was like. Joe was tired clearly, and there was things that you know the guy was defending a takedown. But it's like he's still moving forward. He's still he's still offensive. Like being defensive isn't going to win you rounds. But yeah, and, and I think Machida was like, you know, what, I think he might get tired. I might be able to capitalize later in the fight, which he did, but wasn't enough to finish the fight. And against a guy like Weidman, who's not a chinny fighter, it's not mm-hmm. like a guy who has ever even been knocked down before. Yeah. So you know that strategy. I mean, look, Machida looked great. Um, would that Chris Weidman have beaten Vitor Belfort? Who knows, you know? With uh, that performance, you mean? With that performance. Right. I mean, uh, another guy who kind of fades late is Belfort. So uh, he, I don't mm-hmm. think that Belfort would have come on strong at the same time. He wouldn't. It would have been the exact opposite of a fight. But a guy just pressure, 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 mm-hmm. and then him fading. Um, that Belfort called out, actually, it was pretty funny. After the fight, he, he said, quit running from me, uh, Weidman. First of all, he's not running from anyone. You're the yeah. one who, who, who <laughs> failed the test or didn't disclose the information. And, so then, he, be, and then he goes... Tell Vitor how this trash talking works. Yeah. And then he said, I want... He goes, I want the, the uh, title. But he spelled title wrong. And instead he put, I want the, the, uh, the uh, titty. <laughs> I swear. Seriously? Yeah, I swear. Honestly. <laughs> Come so, on. I swear. So then I actually was like, oh. So I actually DM'd direct messages Daryl Schoonover. And I go, hey, man, can I make a titty joke? I, I like, know it's <laughs> right. going to be at your expense. And I don't want to bully you. And he goes, he, he, he was like, go away. He's like, he's like, he said, go ahead, man. Totally cool. So then I wrote, he wants the titty. Can only mean one thing. Belfort versus Daryl Schoonover at the next UFC. But how, but how much is, how much is uh, Belfort uh, using the word titty in his text conversations that his autocorrect immediately goes to titty? Yeah. What <laughs> title? makes you think. To a title. Did you mean titty? <laughs> Because that's usually what you mean. Yeah, that's, that's yeah, I didn't even think about that. That's hilarious, man. Did you want a titty? So I don't know. He wants a titty. I mean, maybe he's gonna have titties. Then he's off TRT. So maybe he'll, maybe he'll, maybe he'll get his own titty. Now uh, the Ronda Rousey fight. We Jesus. Have. Now uh, listen. I have a couple of thoughts about that. If you're going to fight Ronda, I don't know what it is about girls fighting Ronda Rousey that come out to the worst walkout songs. Don't come out to Lord, okay? Uh, I mean, please don't come out to Lord. We're going to be Roy. I mean, it's, uh, that, it was just weird. It was, it was sort of... not even hot anymore. That just makes me uncomfortable. It made, it made everyone uncomfortable. It did sort of make... Every, and then, what's your name? Uh, Misha Tate came out to Katy Perry. Hear, hear, me, hear me like me roar. Oh. I mean, what is... I understand. Look, I'm all for wins, women's MMA, but, but like I, I 100% support it. I love it actually. I think it's awesome, and and I love watching him, and I love coaching uh, girls uh, and guys, you know. But we got to do something better. There's something cool about these guys coming out to hip hop or or right. ACDC or Guns N' Roses when you got coming out to Lord and Katy Perry and Enya and you know, like and, the, the yeah. freaking and the, the, Yanni. The, the Yanni and the, <laughs> Sarah McLaughlin, the Indigo Girl. Yeah, I mean, might as well come out to that terrible song with the, the, the with like that that. <laughs> Yeah, right. With the, with the dogs the dogs. beat up. I mean, <laughs> I mean, come on. This is fighting. This is not, you know, the little fair. I mean, this, this is becoming... <laughs> what do you think about, about Weidman's song? What are Tom Petty? Call? Well, Tom Petty, I won't back down, right? Yeah. And that's kind of... At least that's... Tom Petty's cool. And, yeah, yeah. And, and he always comes out to it. And I, 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 that's better than we're going to be royals. I mean, this is... Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. So anyway, <laughs> the actual fight itself. Uh, look, I mean, Ronda Rousey... Uh, her her boxing is improving. Uh, 
She, I've always wanted to see her box. Yeah, I mean, she can. She hits hard. That 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 judo throw is. Uh, Dude, that judo throw is ridiculous. That is ridiculous. And uh, look, I I kind of feel like it's like Tyson in the eighties clearing mm-hmm. out these this, like the division of like you're like who's gonna beat him uh, because they're it's sort of like in the original UFC in some way she's so advanced more advanced than these other girls mm-hmm. I, and I I hate to say that because I like the other girls you know I, oh yeah but it just it just seems like this is like uh, I, well, I I think the reality too is that it's the women's division is just not as deep as the men's either you know what I mean you got a handful of a handful of, of good quality fighters and then there's kind of a drop. Well, there's like you know, nine all women's wrestling teams in the, in the college. True. I mean, it's just. I mean, how many how many women and female boxers do you know professionally? Do you? I mean, I like I know like no. I met three in my life. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. it's just not. There aren't as many women doing combat sports as there are men. Sure. So of course it's going to be it's going to be you know. And Ronda Rousey, when you have like a mother who's a world champion waking you up with arm bars saying always be ready (laughs) (laughs) and and you have a girl who's getting the best of everything and who's taking you down Mm -hmm. the 170 170 pound guy ranked top five in the in the world and you and you're telling me from your like i heard it you're telling me she's taking you down in practice she's throwing me yes she's throwing you oh yeah so it's like who's gonna beat this girl now i know it the other hand uh, the other thing is that her entourage is getting bigger her, her the distractions are getting her distractions bigger. are getting more, and it's, it's the first time after the fight that we've actually. It seems like Dana is actually considering Cyborg. He's like, if I if it goes, listen, if I sign Cyborg, if I sign Cyborg, I don't, I don't, I don't want to hear it from you guys. And I feel like in a way, and it's, it's kind of he kind of has to do that at this point because it's like, all right, we get it. Ronda's beating the crap out of everybody, and there's nobody that really is well, showing that they can do something. I mean, well, everybody that looks like they have a chance gets whooped. Well, maybe number one, maybe she'll, maybe she could beat Cyborg. I mean, at the, based on her performance last time, Cyborg's be at 135. She lost. Cyborg lost her last kickboxing match. She doesn't. I mean, she hasn't fought in a while. Maybe Ronda beats her, and also, you know. But at the same time, that that's kind of a risk. Now, Ronda does bring. I mean, look, as I, I consider myself a hardcore fan, there are more hardcore fans than I am. There are guys that, especially at the convention that I, that, that I, I met, that uh, like they they know everything about from the, from the the beginning of UFC one to to now to before that to to. Yeah. to Pancration. Look, I'm 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 not gonna say okay, but I'm but when I, but there is a certain element of this rock star celebrity that when you see Justin Timberlake tweeting about the UFC and Ludacris and uh, now Demi Lovato, mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of people are like, it's kind of in a way it rubs people the wrong way because they're like, well, look now our, our now who are these people now jump? Look, if you ask Justin Timberlake who Costa Filippo is, I don't think he's gonna say he, oh he's the you know I don't think yeah, he's gonna middleweight. say. Yeah, badass from the UFC. Yeah, he's not going to sure. say that. At the same time, look, look, I like the Super Bowl. I, I watch Super Bowl. I, I, you've asked me three players on like the Jets. Uh, I don't, I don't know. I, and they're like my favorite team. Mm-hmm. Uh, so am I not allowed? To, <laughs> am I not allowed to tweet about the, the fucking the NFL? I mean, so you, it's like you, we want the sport to be mainstream. Everybody wants that. At the same time, there is sort of like a bandwagon. Uh, people sure. jumping on that like are, are, are you a really f- big fan or if X-Arm catches on are you going to jump on X-Arm you know yeah, so yeah. you know there's I, I, I could see it both both ways what I'm saying sure you know? no absolutely I mean I think it's great too just a lot of the the new eyes that she's kind of bringing in she's really turn, turning the dial too with, with the fan base of the sport you know I think it's not only it's helping the UFC but it's helping the sport um, women's MMA but uh, yeah they're, they're going to have to continue that's the challenge they're going to have to keep finding new challenges for her but the, the whole thing about like her hugging Kieran Lutz and her 
cast of the Expendables. I mean, that, that, <laughs> that, that is sort of like, it is kind of annoying. I, 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 there's something annoying about seeing the Expendables cast on the front row. When I, I, I get it, uh. but I honestly, in a way, I'd rather see that guy who has like the every collection ac- action figure <laughs> of the in like the front in like the front row right. in, in, in a way I, maybe i wouldn't but i feel like i feel like he kind of deserves to but that's that, such is life i mean that's right. that's life but but at the same time i'm sitting there at the weigh-ins and there's a guy who had like 19 action figures. This is like a 40-year-old man walking around no. fucking dolls. 40-year-old virgin. Of, of like dolls and going, oh, hey, will you sign? I mean, there was a guy with a Chrissy Mack hat who came to my show. I, I mean, well, that was kind of cool, actually. I happen to like that guy. But, but, uh, <laughs> but you know, I, it's, uh, it's good that it's mainstream, and I, and I think it helps. It only helps everybody mm-hmm. because the more mainstream it is, actually, the more it's going to be on television, the less you're gonna have to pay for pay-per-views in some ways, maybe, and the more the more fights you're gonna see. So that's that's the that's the upside. The bad side is that you're gonna have you know Justin Bieber and like the Octagon going yeah boy or something whatever he's gonna say and you're gonna roll your eyes and be like you know where was this guy you know at uh, you know UFC 72 whatever. So he's <laughs> still in his daddy's scrotum. <laughs> uh, we, we're gonna get to Mark Coleman now, uh, the 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 Godfather of Ground and Pound, and then we uh, yeah, we, we yeah. also have Phil Baroni on the show. Yeah. Uh, and. Uh, our third guest, uh, we also have we have the the uh, the youngest guy stud. in the UFC. He's a stud too. Uh, he he's a badass fighter. Uh, Jake Jake why uh, Jake Matthews? Fuck, I, Jake Matthews. <laughs> Jake Matthews is on the show. I, I I somehow. All right, Jake Matthews on the show. Youngest guy in the UFC. He's 19 years old. Started training at 15. So in four years, he's in the UFC. After his first jiu-jitsu class. So I can't wait to talk to him too. Jake Matthews, Mark Coleman, Phil Baroon. All right, so we got Mark Coleman, who is the godfather of ground and pound, uh, UFC champion, uh, world silver medalist, seventh place in the Olympics, NCAA champion, uh, Pan Am champion, complete badass. Uh, How are you, Mark Coleman? How's everything going? Well, that, that that helped out a little bit. That introduction that made me feel a little better. That was very nice. It was long enough that you had a few minutes to warm up too. <laughs> it's the truth. You're, you're here with uh, you're on with with me. Yeah. You're on with. Give me a nice little warm up time. No worries. You're on with uh, Jake Ellenberger's on with. Two. I appreciate you watching out for me on that. No, no worries. You got T Rex as well as Jake Ellenberger here. What's going on, man? How you doing? Nice. What's up, fellas? Not much. Not- or, or, or one of those. Uh, hopefully, one of those isn't a girl. <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. You, 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 you know Jake Ellenberger. He actually. Uh, of course I do. Of course I do. Does he wrestle? I did. <laughs> he sure the hell did. Now he's whooping some butt. Nice. Yeah, I love, love watching him fight. Thanks, brother. Appreciate nice. this. So I, I was watching some of your fights last night, man. Uh, which was an honor, actually. It was an honor uh, to, to to watch you from from like from your first fight ever, uh, which uh, you fought a guy from Israel. Modi, uh, <laughs> Modi Hornstein. Modi Hornstein. I, I know. I remember the name very, very clearly. Mo- I, I don't have a great memory, but I remember that first guy. Modi Hornstein, whose style was survival. <laughs> Is that what it yeah. says? <laughs> but it, I kind of got. I liked it. I, I like it. But he didn't survive very long uh, against you. Actually, you, uh, you uh, be now. Now, what was that? I mean. Uh, what was that like? Your first MMA fight? I mean, were you scared shitless? Were you nervous at all? Were you worried at all? 
Well, of course I was. <laughs> but you just, you know. But, no, actually, basically, I, I, I had watched UFC 1. I was still trying to act like I was uh, trying to make the Olympic team. I was kind of half-assing it, trying to become Olympian. That doesn't work, but I was still, that's what I was doing at the time. But I was at the, out of the corner of my eye, I was seeing UFC 1, and immediately I said, oh, my God, I have to get in it somehow, if it's real. I, I couldn't believe what I saw. I just hoped it was real and it survived long enough for me to get in there at least once. I wanted to do this so bad, but uh, once I lost at the Olympic trials, I uh, was out of the running. Uh, uh, a manager approached me. He was there scouting people. He, he was scouting me, uh, Mark, Mark Kerr and uh, Tom Erickson, and uh, he approached us all, and I told him I whooped their ass, and I whooped <laughs> everybody's ass in UFC 10. I said, where do I, I said, what do I got to do? You know, and he had a little contract there. It wasn't too pretty of a contract. Uh, and uh, I didn't really care. I said, where do I sign and what do I got to do? I mean, so what did you, what did, what, what did you get paid for the first UFC 10? Well, you got to win three to get paid. Oh, so if you, so if you, if, uh, if you didn't win at all, you got, you actually got nothing? Well, I, I can't remember, but I think uh, just to show up, they might have gave guaranteed a thousand bucks maybe. I don't remember, but it wasn't nothing. You had to. You had to win. Yeah. Wow. No, if, so, what, yeah, that was, uh, that was, uh, there was two things that were very important. I wanted to win uh, for pride, but, uh, yeah, I needed that paycheck. <laughs> well, what, what would the paycheck pay if you were to win all three fights? 50 grand. That's, oh, not, nice. that's not bad. That's not bad at all. Remember what, remember, remember what Gracie's uh, holding up uh, the, the, the big check? Right. 50 grand. Right. Yeah, but anyways, uh, yeah, so I walked up the man. I convinced this guy I was the man for the job, and uh, 30 days later... Um, I'm walking into a cage, but you know, prior to, prior to actually, before I got in, I, 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 I say, I would sit around to my wrestling buddies and whoever other else I was talking to. I did think I was, I consider myself, I don't want to go too far, but I, I really felt like I might be the toughest guy out there right now. So that's just the way a wrestler felt. And I was a big wrestler and I did know how to throw some punches a little bit. Not really, but I thought I did. And uh, um, I, I was very confident, but then all of a sudden this guy signed me and told me I'm in 30 days later. I went back and started watching the tapes a little bit better, and all of a sudden these guys looked a little bit tougher, especially Don Fry. Yeah. You know, I realized this Don Fry guy is going to be a tough character, but I do have 15 pounds on him, which Jake would know. That's very important, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, that that first yeah, fight was well, with Fry was great. I, I mean, I remember I was watching that last night, and I was like, "Holy shit!" I mean, you hit him with some headbutts that were uh... <laughs> well, well, of course I did. That was the game plan. So thirty, I told uh, you know, I asked this manager. I said, "Okay, by the way, what's the plan here?" Because I I kind of I've been watching, it and I think I, I got a simple little game plan. I'm going to take these guys down, and I'm going to pound the crap out of them. And that was it. That was the game plan from day one. He said, well, basically, that's it. We're going to show you a bunch of other stuff, too. And I just <laughs> said, okay. But I was I was considered uncoachable, and I really I flew out to Arizona, and I put in a 30-day, 35-day training camp. Tried to, I knew I just had to get myself in shape. And uh, the game plan, I was pretty sure was going to work. So I was, uh, I was, I, I was more nervous uh in my wrestling matches that I was in this fight until until the day of the fight and then all of a sudden I'm walking into the cage and I realized I am fighting 
a karate world champion from Israel. Yeah. So, so then the then then the doubts they might start creeping in as I'm walking in, and uh, I was wondering if this guy did have a karate kid, big three sixty <laughs> back kick that's going to get plow me in the head and and uh, and 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 my talking for fifteen years for real quick, you know. I, I just I was I wasn't worried about getting hurt. I was worried about getting embarrassed, you know. So I just hope to. And unfortunately, uh, back then, uh, sometimes some guys do have that kick nowadays. But back then, he did his first thing he tried was a front face kick, and uh, well, pretty much I just dropped underneath it and uh, grabbed the other leg and took him down. And uh, well, I began ground and pound, but I didn't have to wear gloves. My coach talked me into wearing gloves because uh, I didn't want to wear them. I thought they was going to get in the way. And then I hit this guy about five, six, seven times pretty hard. And uh, I didn't do a lot of street fighting. But, uh, in the few that I did have, it really didn't take much at all. One or two punches and the fight's over. But this guy's taking eight or nine, ten, and he's still fighting. And uh, he finally tapped out pretty quick, relatively easily from uh, compared to what I was about to get involved with. But uh, I went backstage and told my coach I was taking my gloves off because they were getting in the way, but he, luckily, he convinced me I needed them because I had big daddy Goodrich in the second round, and I had Don Fry in the third round. And, uh, yeah, the, the, the one good thing about your hands hurting so bad is uh, that means your face isn't getting hit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, my hands, after the fight, the very the, the next day, they were, I mean, they didn't break or nothing like that, but they were they were swallowed up, like, uh, for, for 30 days, it seemed like. They were just huge. That, 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 painful, but uh, it was great. It was just a good memory, just a good reminder. I got, I mean, you got, you know, I was in the right place at the right time, you know. Uh, that Goodrich fight, we, we were watching that too. Fight. We were watching that fight too, and he, at one point he, he uh, started scaling the wall. <laughs> yeah. See, <laughs> the so wall yeah, crawling. That, 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 that's what's going on out there. We're all learning on the job, and uh, that's the first time I had somebody scaling the wall. I didn't, you know, I wasn't sure what to do. I just, uh, I took my time a little bit, but I, I was picking him apart. I mean, he, there was no, he had his hands on top of the wall. There, he, he can't protect your face like that. And luckily I did have a decent uh, wrestler uppercut or something. And I was just plowing him left and right. But, uh, and then he, he was circling the wall because he wanted to get to his corner. <laughs> in front of his corner, man, which he did. And they're all sitting there yelling instructions to him. And uh, they're telling them to, elbow, you know, back elbow me, which, uh, well, obviously I'm kind of protecting my head back there. I'm not just going to let him back elbow me because that uh, I've seen him do it before and it's pretty, pretty dangerous. He should have he should have tried to turn and face me, but uh, which eventually he did. He turned and faced me, but it was five minutes after I got about fifteen or twenty uppercuts in. So that was uh, building confidence. And then, but once we did break free, old Big Daddy came at me with. Uh, a big left hook and a big right hook, and I said, "I got to get this thing on the ground here," and uh, that's what I did, and, and uh, pounded him too a little bit. Yeah, but then then you sunk in your legs, and he tapped to that. He like tapped. Well, he, was... <laughs> he well, had enough of that. I, I mean, I kind of understand that he he knew it was over pretty much because I I did uh, you know, just naturally from wrestling, I knew how to you know grab his throat at that point, and uh, he was pretty much done. Yeah, but uh, he did. I'm, I'm sure he regrets not at least letting me sink the chokes in and, and 
and and squeeze him a little bit. I'm pretty sure he probably regrets that, but that you know that's a small detail. Yeah. I do remember he was on his back, and he wants to talk about the headbutt. <laughs> I sit there, I smashed him with about ten headbutts on the ground, and I looked at him, and uh, Big Daddy opened his mouth wide open and exposed his teeth. I I don't either his mouthpiece or his teeth. I don't know, but he just opened his mouth and he tried to. He was trying to convince me to headbutt him right here, which. <laughs> Luckily, I oh was smart enough God. to realize. Luckily, I was smart enough to realize I could lose that that battle because you got headbutts. Nobody realizes it does take a little technique. Yeah, if you do it wrong, you hurt yourself. Did you practice headbutts oh. in in a, in a training on people? Oh no, of course not. But no, it just uh, it kind of it's kind of natural. You use the hard part of your head into the soft part of the other guy's face, but uh, um. I don't think you go right for the teeth. I mean, Big Daddy was giving me a free shot right in his mouth, and I decided against it. And I just moved it over to the right a little bit, and I, I moved it over to the right. And I hit him in the eye, you know. And that's crazy. And then, he, then, he, I, I, then he belly down, I think. And uh, yeah, I was, uh, yeah, I was hoping it'd be nice to get a. I don't know what they call it, Tika. It'd been my first submission, and probably my only submission ever. No, I didn't that Craig Severn. I forgot about that. It's not really a submission hole, but it was. Yeah. Now, now I was watching some of your. I was watching some of your old wrestling uh, videos. Now, I thought you that that there was a one match in the Olympics, and it was zero zero. It was like a nine minute match, and he the guy threw you with one second left, and but I don't even understand how he even scored with that. You know what I'm talking about? Obviously. Trying to think of his name, Uwe Schwabi or something. The guy, like that. the guy from Germany. Germany. Yeah, yeah. I beat him a year before in the World Championships. He was like a 19-year-old superstar kid, and I beat him in the World Championships a year before. But it was fucking tight, real tight. And uh, yeah, I see. I faced him again there, and uh, that was uh, that was the match to medal. And. Uh, there was 10 seconds left, 0-0 zero, zero in the match, and well, my coaches were screaming at me that I had to score in regulation because freestyle points, it's not like just went losing you advance. Uh, do, you, do you follow that, Jake? At all? It's complicated. I, they, they were making it look like I needed to score in regulation to advance to the medal round because I had already lost once. That was, yeah, I, I, thought, oh. I thought you kind of so got screwed all of there. Sudden, so all of a sudden, I wanted to just stall out the last 10 seconds just stall out, tie with tie him up and go into overtime and look for a beautiful shot. But I was under the impression I had to score in regulation. And, and I took a nice double leg shot. I blasted him with a double leg. and I had him going backwards. And usually I win this battle. But to give him credit, man, he, he threw a nice little uh, hip toss in there. And we were both in the air. And we both landed on our side. And uh, I'm not going to lie, I watched it a lot of times on frame by frame. And uh, in, in, in freestyle wrestling, your, bo- your back has to expose past 90 degrees. And I'd say he got to about 86. Yeah, it was close. I, did, I, I didn't expose, but the referees, uh, honestly, they don't like Americans. Yeah. All, they don't like American wrestlers. And uh, I looked back and I was like, no, you know, that wasn't, not, you know, no points and. the and the guy puts up a three sign, meaning I was up in the air and exposed my back. He put it up. He got, he got. Uh, he looked to the side. There's three, two, two refs on the side. They both held up the three card, and basically, the dream was over. And it was not a good feeling and not a good night. 
I didn't get over it for a while. Yeah, and I, I, I definitely felt I, your pain. I, I'm over it now because, uh, yes, I was really down, down, down. But now, thank the Lord that I just made the team and that I was there. And uh, it was pretty incredible just to be there. But I would have liked to have done a little better. No, it was pretty. I mean, I mean, one of the guys you beat, you actually beat Kurt Angle, correct? Well, I've beaten Kurt Angle uh, a couple times in my career. He's beaten me. He was uh, he was a good rival of mine, but luckily he was four years younger than me, so I've always had uh, age and a little bit of size and strength on him. But uh, he finally called up to me, and uh, I got him in '92 because I made the team in '92. But by and then Mark Kurt took over '93, '94, and then Kurt Angle finally grew into a man, and I'm saying he's old enough, and, and uh, yeah, he took over the weight class in uh, 95, and then 96. Uh, I beat him in 95, the year he won the World Championship. I came out of retirement, kind of. I beat him in the Sunkist Open small tournament, but then he went on to win the World Championships that year because he stayed on track, and I probably took a left turn, and then he went on to win the Olympics. But, uh, yeah, Kurt Angle is a fantastic wrestler, who uh, he always wanted to get in MMA, but unfortunately he had too much going on. And now, now the first thing, the first time I've ever, I've actually, uh, I watched MMA back in the original UFCs, but then I, you know, I, it was sort of like I, when I was growing up, I, I remember watching The Smashing Machine, which was the most insane documentary. It was sad. Uh, sad, uh, but I mean, it was not sad for you. It was sad for Mark Kerr. Oh, yeah, for Mark Kerr. Uh, now, how much did that change your life? I don't think it changed my life too much at all, but uh, I thought it was incredibly neat. And uh, yeah, it was. Uh, it got rated the number one documentary of the year for HBO, but that was all because of uh, Mark Kerr decided uh, he didn't have to open his doors and, and, and let the crew in there and see him doing what was going on. Yeah. But he did. And it kind of, the documentary when they first made it was a bunch of Mark Kerr's friends from college and they were going to make it, he was ranked number one in the world and they're going to show his surge to the Grand Prix title. Well, he took a left turn, as you saw, and uh, he, uh, he he opened his uh, life to the world and made the documentary. And and yes, it was, uh, you know, it, it is sad, but... It, it, I, it didn't. I don't know what you mean by changed my life. Like, well, why would it have changed my life? Well, just because, just because it kind of gave you the national exposure. Uh, uh, I, I like, I, you know, and it sort of opened up a lot of people's, you know, eyes to MMA. So I was thinking, on like, okay, well, that's that, that, that's great to hear. So in that way, I guess yes, I uh, I helped uh, open up some eyes to MMA and this and that. But uh, it's not like all of a sudden I was uh, I, I got all this attention and. And they was offering a bunch more money for me to fight. You know, my right. paycheck didn't go up. So it was very cool. And uh, uh, I was definitely not supposed to be playing. It's not a role. <laughs> yeah. I was, it, it wasn't meant for me to be. That wasn't the way it was supposed to uh, go. And that wasn't the way it was supposed to end up. And, uh, you know, not 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 so great for Mark Kerr. Hope, I mean, I we, we still talk once in a while. We used to talk quite a bit. But it's been shorter and shorter. I just hope he's doing well. And, uh, yeah, that was, uh, man, you know, that was pretty neat, the way that thing ended, because uh, it wasn't to be expected, I'm sure. Now, are, now, are you still with that, that same woman that you were with back in the documentary? That's my ex-wife. That's your ex-wife. Huh. 
Now after after you much. now after you and her divorce, did you just get tons of Japanese tail? No, no, I didn't. Well, I didn't like you. You didn't like Japanese tail, or just you didn't like tail? You you weren't a big fan of. You're cutting out on me. Okay, okay. <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, you're a big, you're a big star in America, big star in Japan. You're a huge guy. You know, you're Olympian. You're a national champion. You must have gotten some legendary stripper, hot ass women around. Correct? <laughs> no, I wouldn't say correct. Uh, legendary? What does legendary <laughs> hot ass stripper mean? I, I, I'm just saying, you must have got some hot women in your life. I mean, you're you're Mark Coleman. You're the hammer. I mean, this, this... yeah, but I'm ugly. <laughs> well, yeah, a little bit, but I'm no, no. You're not. You're not. An, you're not an ugly guy. I mean, I can. I mean, if I'm not, I'm not gay, but I can see how women would find you attractive, right? Hey, let's just put it this way: I'm not gay. <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. So, all right. So, so Mark Holman, you. So you. You. That's what you could put as the the. Three Mark Holman is not gay. Mark, that's gonna Mark be. Mark Holman not gay. Not gay. All right. <laughs> so I'm. All right. So because I, I mean Phil Baroni says you know he slept with thousands of women and and he was you know just just slaying box wow, everyone. A lot. A lot of. Well, maybe box. he. Maybe he, there might be something up with that because the guys that were so out there and bragging about how many they had, you, know, you got to question it. I don't. I don't know how many he got or anything like that. Yeah. But, He's out there. If he's out there saying that, well, well, gotta, gotta wonder. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's 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 gonna be on the show too. He's a huge fan of yours, by the way. He, I mean, he. No, I know. know. I love Phil Brony. Hopefully, he don't. He, he always uh, he, he gets upset with some things I say once they slip out of my mouth. Which I got to be careful with you, case potato guys, because uh, <laughs> I got to watch what comes out of my mouth. Because yes, you don't want to piss Phil Brony off. Because he'll look at you and ask you. Because when, when I when I used to coach and train him a little bit, uh, I was basically his his mentor or whatever you want to call it. But my way of coaching is just fucking. I sit there and basically yell and keep him going. I mean, because the intensity is what it's all about, right, Jake? Absolutely. The intensity. You got to simulate a fight in practice. If you're going to train for a fight, well, you kind of got to fight in practice. So yes, I'm going to be there yelling at Phil Baroni. And uh, when you're going through the grind and you got injuries and this and that, you're tired, well, you kind of get sick of hearing me talk. So I've heard a few times him stand up and look at me and ask me if I ever shut the fuck up. (laughs) You know, so at about that point, I would just have to walk away and he'd probably feel a little bit bad. I don't know. He better feel a little bit bad after about 10 minutes. (laughs) Yeah. But... Luckily, we made it through some grinder practices, and I was lucky enough to be in his corner and see some freaking wars. That man has been through some wars that I could only dream about being in. He didn't win every one of them. It doesn't matter the win, lose, and it's a war. Man, it was beautiful. But you, you've been in some. Couple, yeah, you've been in some wars as well. There was, a, there was, a, there was one that the other cornerman wanted to throw in the towel, and then. I said, I want no part of that because he's throwing the towel of Phil Baroni before he's dead, and you're going to have problems on your hands later. Yeah. So, no, we had to wait for the referee to stop it. But, uh, no, don't throw in the towel on Phil Baroni, and that's what I told everybody. Don't ever throw the towel in on me till, till the ref's phone somebody off me or, it's, or I'm, un, I'm done. Now, I remember, yeah. uh, now, Phil told us a story about how uh, after this, the uh, Shogun brawl, 
uh, it was like you and like your dad were fighting against against uh, against Shogun and and that and then it, it like went back to the locker room and Rampage had your back and Randleman. I mean, it was just a crazy story. Will you tell that Kevin story? Kevin wasn't there. Kevin. Kevin wasn't. There. Oh, okay. Kevin wasn't there. So he's my boy, but he it would have been it would have been a nice time to have him in the corner and Rampage. Or so that's where Phil gets a little pissed at me because. I say it wasn't my strongest corner ever, and he took he takes it very personal, and he's pissed at me because <laughs> I said that. But you know, honestly, you know, I've had in the past. Phil Brown is my number one corner man. Don't get me wrong; I, I want him on my back. You know, it, it's tough. Though. A lot of my corner guys are good. Brandon Hinkle's a badass. Uh, you know, but but Brony, I want him in my corner, but. I brought my dad over. My dad's not a corner man. He was, I mean, he is a corner man, but he's not. He's 73, 72 years old. He's 16 and 0 in the streets, by the way, back in the day on <laughs> street fights. When he went undefeated in his day, I think I said that after it was all said and done, but, but, uh, your dad's a badass? See, my, dad's out of the, my dad's out of the picture, so, Brony, don't take it personal. It's just me and you, buddy. And I'd like to have a couple more. Yeah, Randleman, Hinkle, Sims, uh, somebody, because I got Brazilians flying at me from all directions, <laughs> and uh, I, I had to worry about that, and I had to worry about my dad because I looked over and he's trying to get through the ropes coming the ring, but I had to, I had to yell at him, stay the hell out, because if somebody would hit my dad, well, you're gonna have you're gonna have a tough time slowing me down. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't be able to take that. So, yes, it was crazy. It happened, and I kind of knew it was going to happen if I beat Shogun, which, that's, for some reason, that's one fight that I was super confident. Probably had a lot to do with my training. I did have a good camp, and uh, I knew when I beat him, we were all good friends before that, before the fight, the shooter box and the uh, hammer house. We got along great, but I knew everything was going to change when I beat him. And all it really was going to take is me to look at their corner, which I did. And then, sure enough, uh, Shogun's brother, what's his name? Uh, Ninja. Ninja, yeah. Yeah, Ninja jumps right in the ring, and he's in my face. And uh, when you take the clock off and you take the rules off, well, all of a sudden I can punch. I was never that great of a puncher on my feet. I could hit pretty hard on the ground, but... In practice, I could throw a nice right hand, but you know the the the, 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 the no reps, no clock, no nothing. I'm getting attacked. Yeah, Silva, Ninja backed right up because I was. I asked him if he wanted some, and he backed up. But then Wanderlei Silva was making a beeline right towards me. I didn't even, I didn't see it coming because Brony oh was right behind me holding me back. And then thankfully Silva got tripped right before he got to me, <laughs> fell into my leg. Roney jumps on his back, and I took a couple big haymaker swings that, that Brony later said, why don't you ever throw a punch like that during the fight? Because <laughs> uh, I took some nice bolos, but I'm not going to lie, both of them missed, but if they would have hit, it would have been nice, but I missed. I got shoved right up against the ropes by about uh, six or eight uh, uh, Japanese officials or whatever you want to call it, and... Uh, but the Brazilians were coming. You know, they were coming, trying to get there. A couple of them took some, uh, couple of them took some uh, cheap shots over, you know, over the top. But uh, 
if you throw a cheap shot and you don't really hit, you look really sad. Yeah, that's so true. <laughs> it was nice. It was fun. It was about as intense as it gets. My dad's there. I'm getting attacked. I look down. It all lasted. This only lasted 25 seconds, you know, but it seemed like minutes. But all of a sudden, I'm up against the ropes and I look down, and there's Waterly Silva with Veroni on top of him in his car, and he's right below me, right below me. So. I mean, if you're following me, what is my option here? Uh, Head stomp? <laughs> to punch? To do what? To stomp? To, to start stomping him? Well, his favorite move. Oh, uh, the soccer kick? He's the ex-murderer. Yeah. <laughs> he stomped everybody. He stomped everybody. Now he, if he wouldn't have got tripped up, he probably would have caught me with the right hand into the temple, and I could have been in a lot of trouble. But he got tripped up, and next thing you know, 30 seconds later, there he is laying right below me, and I have the opportunity to pretty much get at least one stop in because there's a lot of people, <laughs> still wasn't the other one. A lot of people, he surrounded me, he was kind of stuck, and uh, I don't know if I want to go there, but I did put my foot on his throat and kind of, <laughs> you know, I knew the cameras were clicking, so what the hell. You got to do what but you got to do. I'm not a, I'm not a killer. I'm not a murderer because, yes, at that point, I could have really put a put a solid little dent to his face, Jesus. which I'm saying if the situation was reversed and I was on the ground. He would have done it. I'm not, I don't know what he would have did at that point. I think I would have bit a couple, I think I would have bit a couple uh, heels to the, to the face. But, for, you know, I thought for sure that was going to create round two because they kind of had it all calmed down by then. Yeah. Because he went nuts after I put my foot on his throat. He went crazy. And I thought for sure when he got up, he was going to attack me, obviously, because was, he was pissed. <laughs> Very pissed. And then, yes, I was concerned because it was me, Brony, my dad, and no security. And I'm like, I got to go back to the locker room. And I'm assuming these guys are coming to get me some of them. So... <laughs> Well, listen, Mark. We 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 survived. We survived, and uh, that was a, that was a. Well, everybody talks about that, but I did beat Shogun Hula then. Well, listen, Mark. I'd love to have you back on the show, man. Uh, I have so many questions that we haven't got to between about about Fedor. You, you didn't and, even talk to him about Juan Valdez, whatever well, I, guys. Well, I babble, did I babble on too long? No, 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 no. We gotta get the no. We just gotta, I gotta get the Baroni because he Baroni's gonna gonna kill I me. Usually do that. No, 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 no. I I, I want to have you back on. Are you around next week? You guys call me. Let me know what you guys want to do whenever. We're, 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 I want to have part two of this next week because I honestly I I have, I have I have way more questions for you and you're it's a I, I could talk to you all day, man. Honestly, uh, I could talk to you all week. It's a pl- it's an honor to have you on. By the way, Ben Saunders, uh, uh, Killer B, uh, Killer B's wanted to personally thank you uh, for for being such an inspiration and uh, and you are an incredible inspiration. I have so many questions for you. So next Tuesday we're gonna oh, have that's, a- you know that's me. That's me. Tell him, um, God bless and thank you. That's uh, that's that's humbling, right there. Hear that. Well, that's the truth. Now, where can so, people where can people follow you on uh, on uh, Twitter? At Hammerhouse MMA. At Hammerhouse MMA. We're gonna have part two next week. Back you back on the podcast. It's yeah, an honor. Can't uh, wait. Uh, you're, you're, you're the first guest we ever had back to back. So just just so you know that we've been doing this for a year. And all right. First- well, all right then. So you do what, what do you guys rank? What do you guys rank your your station? You guys rank in the top five? Oh yeah, we're, we're def- number one. Yeah, we're definitely number one. <laughs> uh, we're, we are in the top number five. 
We're, the, we're yeah, we're we're top five on uh, FoxSports.com. What about what about individually? Who which which guy in there is uh, top dog? You? No, Jake Ellenberger. I'm just uh, <laughs> DJ Shrope. DJ Shrope's top dog, and Jake <laughs> and Jake Ellenberger gets laid every week. So uh, <laughs> I would say. <laughs> That's that's not so, true. Uh, all right, man. It was, it was great chatting with you. All right, take and, care, uh, Coleman. Thanks, Mark. Uh, if he's listening, he's probably gonna be pissed about the cornerman situation. But <laughs> I think I covered my I think I covered my ass because yes, if I had one guy to put behind me in the corner, it's tight. Hinkle, Baroni. I don't want to piss either one of those two off. Maybe a couple other guys are gonna piss off, but yeah, Baroni's he's got my back. That's all I. That's what I worry about with the corner man. A lot of guys want they want to be told structures out of the fight. I'm concerned about after the fight. Yeah. What, who's got my back in case something went down? Absolutely. Okay. Well, I'll talk to you next week. Coleman, you're the best. Uh, have a have a uh, great week. All right, you guys have a good week, everybody. You Thanks, too, brother. Thanks, brother. Good luck, everybody. Later, man. Hey, Phil Baroni. What's up, man? What's up, man? How's it going? Uh, we just we heard legendary stories about you from Mark Coleman just now. How's that? How are you? I'm, I'm training hard, man. Uh, I'm training hard. I'm, 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 I'm fucking. I'm in, I'm in fuck fight mode, dude. I dude, mean, you know what I mean? I'm all out of the camera. I said, "Coleman's the owner." Am I on up with Coleman? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Coleman yeah, said, Col- Coleman. "No, no, 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 no." Uh, no, we had Coleman on earlier. Uh, we, we talked about you though. We said he, uh, he 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 said you're the guy. Yeah, he, he said you're the. He said man. yeah. He said that. You're I, thought, the, I thought I thought I was on here to, to help him though. I mean I mean not not not, not for nothing. I, I really got nothing to say. I, I came on his show to drive you know towards Coleman and, and 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 you know put him on the spot to make sure he's in my corner for this fucking fight. But he's not on the show, so I, I really got nothing to fucking say, dude. Phil, I'm gonna fucking. I'm fucking training. I'm going to fuck this dude up. And, and that's about it, man. I'm training my ass off. Fucking, I don't want to hear no fucking shit about my weight or nothing else. I'm fucking training hard. And I'm fucking this dude up. You know what I mean? I, I'm not fucking doing a fucking comedy show or talking. I got no fucking jokes or fucking story. You know what I mean? Yeah. The fucking, the fucking, what, what? No, totally, man. All right, man. I mean, that's it, dude. I mean, I, I just, you know, whatever, man. Sorry, but, you know, I'm not even fucking sorry because... I'm not, not a fucking comedian, and I'm not, I'm not here to fucking tell jokes or tell stories. I mean, I, I, the fucking stories that be told on a fucking so Friday night in fucking Pachanga, where the fuck that fight is, and I'm going to fucking take care of this motherfucker and, uh, you know, get my crib back on track and knock some motherfuckers out. So, so that's about it, dude. I, I got to go. Phil. Hello? He had to go. All right. Well, that was Phil Baroni. Uh, he we call that the Baroni minute. He is. <laughs> he is. He is pumped. Uh, dude, we got to put that on though. That's fucking awesome. Dude, that was. Uh, yeah, that was awesome. But. Uh, <laughs> That was a walk off. That all was right. wow. All right, he, he, well, dro- he dropped the mic and walked out. Should, should we should we call Col- should we call Coleman back? <laughs> that was a walk off interview. <laughs> Coleman probably thinks it's next week already too. Man, I was. <laughs> Is it next week? Fuck, already? I was. I had I had so many stories for about uh, man. I, listen, uh, B- Baroni's my man. Uh, I guess guys get in training mode, right? That's a. Uh, yeah. Have you have, have you ever been like that, Jake? Where you, you just didn't want to talk to people and you just. Yeah, similar. <laughs> <laughs> It's I similar I to that. I can't see you being like that, though. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I'm in fight I'm fucking this dude up. I don't have anything to say. That's it. All right, so we're going to have Phil on after the fight. Uh, I think that's that's been uh, the best time to have him on. Uh, hmm. But, uh, yeah. All right, so, uh, hmm. Yeah. What's uh, going on? 
<laughs> all, right, well, all right, so, well... Uh, the ultimate fighter finale. Yes, that was that was pretty badass. Uh, that was uh, I'm I'm happy my man uh, uh, truck truck one, Eddie Truck Gordon, yeah, kicked some ass. And uh, what do you think about your boy uh, Gutter? Gutter got killed. Yep. Gutter. He. I'm, I'm actually. You know what I. I might catch some shit. I'm glad he did. Really? Why? You know, I thought it was a. I thought it was a schmo on the show. He talked a lot of shit. And and then when he finally got the opportunity to fight, he started, you know, he was like, I'll fight anybody, I don't care, anytime, anywhere, I'm here to kick ass, that's what I'm here for. All right, so you're about to fight. Oh, no, yeah, I'm about 75%. Dude, dude, just say you're ready to fight. You don't have to say your percentage. You're kind of like giving a little <laughs> exit clause right there in case you get your ass whooped. Oh, I was only 75%. Yeah. Oh, you beat me at my 70, yeah, 70%. Yeah, I was at 75%. Yeah. Dude, just shut the hell up and fight. <laughs> and, you know, he talked all that smack. And, I, you know, that's... Usually, what happens when guys have a big bark, their bite isn't that strong. And uh, I was kind of hoping that was going to be the case, and it was. <laughs> you know who I felt bad for was uh, on 175 was uh, Stefan Struve because yeah. I, I really wanted to see that fight with Mitrione. And actually, the night before. I did too, man. I was really interested in that fight as well. The, what happened? Do you know? Well, yeah, a fainting spell. Well, what happened was fainting. the night before, I, well, I'll tell you, the night, so the night before, I um, write a joke that Stefan Struve looks like Martin Cameron who got run over with a uh, cement truck. And. <laughs> Like steamroller. Yeah, steamroller. 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 That's that. Which is what I like men. And then and then so then so then Stefan Struve calls me up, and he's like, uh, and he, he he hits me up. He's like, yeah, well, what about when I run over you with a cement truck? And I'm like, oh Jesus, right? But I know he's kidding because he the way right. we, you know. But now people were like, people were like, oh, you're dead, man. And he goes, don't let me find you. And so then I, I like hit him up. I'm like, hey, that was a joke, right? And then, <laughs> so then he, he, so, so then he writes, he writes, ah, ha, ha, ha. he goes, oh yeah, man, I, I, don't, I don't get offended by anything. He goes, don't worry, uh, it'll be painless for you. It'll just be one punch, and you won't even feel a thing. I'm like, oh Jesus Christ. So then, but then when that happened, I was like, hey, I, and then I like wrote, I wanted to write a joke because he's about after what happened was that he injured himself walking into a uh, bridge, right? So, but then I was like, ah, I don't know how hurt the, it, it, they, they, they said on the, on the uh, loudspeaker, they said it on loudspeaker, it was a non-life threat situation so they told everyone but I don't know if people saw that at, at like home if that's what they said on the thing but they told everyone there so therefore I knew it was not life threatening I could make a joke about it but if people at home might take it the wrong way it was one of those situations but I, I talked to him since and he, he said it was it was it was mental or it wasn't physical and he's all right and it was mental that he said yeah basically I thought it was like he was like a near fainting spell and I thought it had something to do with his heart because he had been diagnosed yeah, that's with a heart what, condition that's what I yeah, figured but yeah. Maybe I thought his heart wasn't into it. Uh, no. <laughs> this guy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah. So I, I just texted Phil Baroni that uh, that was great, and I got back a uh, I got back a uh, smiley face. So 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 therefore uh, I'm, I'm not as like scared <laughs> of him because I was late. It what happened was last week I overslept and I had supposed to have Baroni on and I fucked up and I'm sorry, Phil. I did not mean to screw up. Uh, I, on a, I literally like I never oversleep. I, I've never missed a, a noon show to oversleep, but I took a sleeping pill because I couldn't sleep at all and I overslept and I. I, I, I screwed up, and, and and Phil got screwed on that, and I, and I apologized, and I, I felt really terrible. And the last guy you wanted pissed at you was Baroni, and then this week, you know, we were running 15 minutes behind, and and, and I was like, oh, great, I'm gonna screw over Baroni again. And I, I don't want to do that, and I, I like Phil, but Phil seems like the kind of guy that uh, uh, is not the best at handling his emotions. Okay, <laughs> he's not the guy, you, not the guy, the kind of guy you want mad at you. So uh, I was like, no matter how cool you are, if you screw him over, it's gonna be a bad. Yeah, yeah, situation. yeah, 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 yeah. 
so exactly. But I, I'm, a, I'm a fan. Of, I've been a fan of Baroni since high school when I used to watch him wrestle back in when he wrestled for Massapequa. Uh, I've, I've been a fan of his back then. Massapequa. All right, so we have the youngest guy in the UFC right now. He's 19 years old. He's actually the second youngest ever. Vitor Belfort is the youngest guy in the UFC. He's the second youngest. He started, uh, but not now. Now he was okay. he was 19 years old. <laughs> Obviously now Belfort. Oh yeah, he's 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 done some really good stuff. Yeah. Um, when he started, I got you. Right when he started. And now this kid, Jake Matthews. Started training at 15 years old. So he's only been training four years, and he's, and he's currently in college. So he's a UFC star in college, and he kicked ass. He's un- ask the question, man. Ask. He's, he's undefeated. How much college ass <laughs> did you get after winning? I mean, are you Australian? Are you getting Australian 19-year-old premium tail? Tell us about it. Um, I don't really know how to answer that. No, but yeah, yeah. Just in, um, in university at the moment, so studying up, focusing on studies at the moment, and of course, you know, my career in the UFC, so we'll get all that, that out of the way first, and then um, and then we'll start trying to chase some tail. Nice. I mean, I mean obviously that tail is too young Good for man. me. I'm, I'm, I'm 36. It's not premium for me. It's for you, it's premium. Just, just so people, people call me, a, I, don't, I don't want to, you creep. Um, honestly, I, I had a, actually an opportunity to bang a 20-year-old recently. I was like, I was like, <laughs> you should have taken it. I, I know. All right. So anyway, so, so Jake, man. Anyway. So tell us, man. So <laughs> how's it going? How did it feel being in there? T- t- talk us through your first fight, fighting in New Zealand and having the Australian crowd behind you. Tell us about it. Yeah, no, you know, it was, it was awesome. It's uh, it's obviously everything I've worked for for the past four years. So to get the call up was a, you know, a dream come true. And um, you know, it, it's weird. Most of my other fights have just been home in Melbourne, and uh, you know, I suffered a fair few nerves. Um, but before this fight, uh, I don't know if it was the preparation because you know, obviously the best camp I've had so far. But I just felt zero nerves and. Yeah, I'd stand behind the curtains as soon as they open, you see the crowd and the lights and you hear your music going, and you just, you know, I, I just felt at home there, so I just felt like I belonged. I mean, now, I mean, were you walking around afterwards like like the king of all, I mean, you got to be 19 years old in in the UFC. I mean, how good, are you, are your friends celebrating? Are you having a big dorm party? Uh, uh, what's, what happened? Um, yeah, well, you know, we just, um, we were still in Auckland, so we just, you know, we went out afterwards and just got a bite to eat. Um, I actually don't get out that much. Pretty much my life's just studying and training. So, but um, yeah, you know, we, we celebrated afterwards, and I've just had a had a week off training, and uh, just getting back into it now, and uh, also um, opening up my own gym with my, my old man. So, nice. uh, me and my dad are opening up a gym. So we've just been working on that for the past week, and uh, now getting stuck back into training. But didn't you say you were going to take Paige Van Zandt to the the prom? Is that, is that was that really what happened? Who's that? Oh, I, there's like another girl who's like 19, and they said that you were going to take her to the prom. That's what David Martin said. Oh, the fighter? I think I saw, I think I saw a tweet or something yeah. to do with that, yeah. Um, I'd be happy to if she wanted me to take her to the prom. Oh, good. So we, got to, we have to get you and Paige Van Zandt together. She's, she's, she's a cutie. Now, you've been only doing it four years. Now, now are you a little nervous, though, that, that you're doing too much as far as in school? And I, I know like some of the... I know Australians got good training, but uh, some of the some of the the top level guys are in the U.S. Have you thought about maybe switching training camps, going to the U.S. and training over there? Um, it has crossed my mind. I've, I've been to to Jackson's uh, earlier this year, 
Um, I'm good friends with Kyle Noakes, so I went over and, and stayed with Kyle. And the biggest, the biggest thing I noticed, the biggest difference between here in Australia and at Jackson's was the, the quality of training sparring, uh, the sparring partners and the amount of sparring partners we had there. It's something that's hard to find in Australia, especially in Melbourne. You know, there's only so many high-level guys that we can we can find to spar with. Um, the, the instruction here, you know, I try and seek out the best best trainers in, in wrestling, jiu-jitsu and boxing and, and Muay Thai. So that, that part sorted is just, yeah, just finding the, the, the high-level guys to train with. Um, you know, I, 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 when I was training at Jackson's compared to when I was training at home, I feel a lot more comfortable at home. And especially, you know, when I was fighting in Auckland, you know, New Zealand, it's pretty close to home, so I don't have to worry about the jet lag. Um, but, of course, if I was fighting over in the States, you know, I'd probably do a, a training camp in, in the States at Jackson's. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's something that's possible, but, you know, just at the moment at, with school and all that, uh, you know, I'll be training at home for the next couple of years, and then we'll see where it goes. Jake, how hard is it to, to focus on, like, when you're in school, how to, how to keep your, you know, uh, for me, I would be thinking so much about training and fighting. I mean, I didn't even start training until I was 20, till, so older than you are right now, but how hard is it to, you know, actually focus on your studies when you're in school and not think about, you know, just training and getting in the gym? Yeah, it, um, it gets a bit much at times, you know, when I'm at school, all I'm, all I'm thinking about is training and, and, and MMA. And then when I'm at, when I'm training in my I'm thinking about is you know the homework that I might have missed. Um, but you know, like I said, I don't really really get out much. I'm just focused on you know it's just a, pretty much a juggling act between schoolwork and and training. So you know, I've, I've made it work so far. Mm-hmm. Are, and, are, um, are you a celebrity you know, on campus? Uh, oh, a little bit. You know, MMA isn't, isn't quite there in Australia yet. So I get um I get sort of funny looks every now and then, and people pull me up, but it's but yeah, it's not. Uh, it's not like I'm getting held up every time I go out. It's, uh, it's still in its infancy MMA in Australia. So you're you're not, you're not like the One Direction of your school. <laughs> like you just walk around. <laughs> nah, and... nah, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> now, dude, here, here's actually like Bieber. What was that? Justin Bieber. Oh, Justin, Bieber yeah. Justin Bieber a lot. I could I could actually see that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you definitely look way more gay. But uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no problem no 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 I'm, here, here's my advice though man drop out of school listen uh because you have <laughs> seriously man you have you your could, whole life to go back to school you can always go back to school the window for opportunity in the ufc is very small you're 19 years old you got you got, I, I don't care what your parents say look tell your tell your dad you'll, you'll like buy him a gym or something later you know tell your mom but she's probably about 30 at this point you know she'll she can she can get over it seriously bro the, these, you're going up against train killers you're a train killer but you don't only do it in four years you know math class can wait uh you know home economics can it could uh, seriously knitting class whatever you're taking in school forget about it dude the time is now drop out and and go to greg jackson's camp that's my advice <laughs> drop out <laughs> right jake yeah yeah well yeah, you know, like I said, if it was up to me, I would be. But um, you know, what parents are like they want you to have a fallback. Um, but you know, I'm still getting plenty, like tons and tons of training, and especially during training camps. Um, so you know, it's sort of like I said, it's, I've, I've balanced it out pretty well so far. 
Yeah, but you don't um, need to get punched in the face thinking about your homework. I mean, I mean, it's, 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 I mean, it's, t- tell your parents, look, school's important, but I, I don't want to get the shit beaten out of me in front on like television. I, I mean, you're you obviously some kind of a prodigy. You're 19. You've been doing it four years. You look great in your last fight. You're you were nine and zero as an amateur, right? And now you're what? You're nine and zero as, as a uh, pro. Yeah. So you you you're eighteen yeah, and you, you're eight and zero. You haven't lost eighteen and zero. He's what? You're eighteen and zero in fighting. And you've been doing it four years, and it's like, and you and you do it in between classes. Imagine, how, imagine, <laughs> yeah. imagine how good you'd be if you if you did this full time. Yeah, well, well, you know, we're, um, with the gym opening up, um, we're going to see how that run, uh, how that how that goes. You know, if that's doing well, um, I was going to defer from from uni and you know and focus on it full time because, like, like you said, you don't want to be. Getting beaten up on national TV. Yeah, either that or just get more hobbies. You know what? Go the other way. Like, or just become a become a male stripper and you know join the circus and then Start just shooting horses. Shoot, yeah, just show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think yeah. that there is going to be a time though where you're going to have to make a decision. You know what I mean? You're going to get bigger. You're going to you keep winning fights. You get into the top ten, the top five. Now we got to sit. You know, we got to sit down with mom, mom and pops and, and say, hey, you know, I need to. I need to put more time and focus on my career you know it, it, there, there's probably going to be a time where you're going to have to make that decision but you know that'd be really funny if I was in school and yeah, like yeah, yeah. I, if I'm like in statistics class and I look over and it's Chuck Liddell next to me <laughs> <laughs> are you uh, are you studying what are you studying in specific are you going to school for a specific thing or are you just taking general studies because your parents want you to go to college because that's the thing to do uh, I'm, I'm in my um, second year of a Bachelor of Applied Science in uh, physical education so PE teacher, pretty much. It'd be a gym teacher. Oh, come on, dude! You, you can do that online. You're supposed to be out of shape to be a gym teacher. A gym teacher, give me a break. Hey, he'll be an educated UFC. Seriously, I mean, come on. You're learning how to how to teach kickball. Uh, you, you have to let's <laughs> throw the rubber yellow, rubber, rubber oh, red yeah. ball at the fat kid. Yeah, no, I, I enjoy the classes because it's sort of relevant to you know to sports and. Uh, exercise science and diet, so I can sort of, you know, tie it into what I'm doing with my MMA. Um, you know, obviously, it's like I said, it's just a fallback. My, my, the main career, I want to be a fighter. You know, I want to be in the UFC, and that's the whole dream. So, but, Wait, um, uh, yeah, we, you know, we'll see where it goes in the next couple of years. Yeah, on the other hand, too, though, it is kind of nice for him to get away from the gym and the constant daily grind of training to where he can, you know, think and focus on something else you know yeah but he's also but he's also training in, but he's also training in australia and there is great training in australia but he's also but he even said it when he went to greg jackson he couldn't believe how many sure. of better sparring partners so if you, if you, you know it's a kind of thing mm-hmm. I, I hear you i mean it's good to have an outside outlet maybe take one class you know you don't need to be a full-time student it'll take a class or two you know it, it, or, i'm only there three, three days a week for a couple of hours at a time so it's not like it's you know every single day yeah. From like in the morning to the afternoon, it's only three days for like four four hours a day. So it's yeah, yeah it's not it's not much to do. You're, you're, um, you're yeah, like I said, plenty of time to spar. My last training camp, I was getting two three sessions in a day. Wow. So yeah. Is your can we can we give you the nickname the the pupil or the student? <laughs> The pimp, the pupil. Yeah. <laughs> it should be like a. Uh, it's his nickname. It, sh- it should be. It should be going through puberty. That should be your nickname. <laughs> now, uh, now, I, now, I got to ask you. So, uh, your last fight, uh, the, the kid was tough. You were fighting another undefeated guy. Now he bit you in the octagon. It was it Suarez? Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he just Suarez. Yeah. Um, look, he, yeah, he, he claimed it was accidental, um, which, which it might have been. 
Uh, all I know that it was, it was pretty hard. So, but, you know, I don't like going in, into it too much. But, um, you know, it's just something that happened. Hmm. Uh, you know, they, you know, um, yeah, like I don't, I don't like going into it too much. But, but you know, he claimed it was accidental, so it might have been. I mean, is, that, is that possible? I mean, what happens? You you uh, you put your arm against him, against his mouth for a ridicule choke, and he kind of bit it? He bit it? Uh, yeah. He, you know, he, he, um, he said that, you know, I was putting pressure on the back of his head, so it sort of pushed... Uh, pushed his uh, his mouth into my arm, but um, <laughs> you know, by doing that doesn't mean you have to clamp down on someone's arm. But yeah, Jake, um, is I'm that, just not is, the I'm flattened out. Is that possible, Jake? I mean, you've been in there. Uh, I, I don't think so. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, well, it's you know, I, I can I understand the forearm pressure in in the throat and the jaw. I mean, you can you can get some. So you you can be pressing someone's teeth, but if if they bite down, that's that's not actually yeah, I exactly. Know. I don't now think so. Now, do you have a, uh, a a girlfriend or no? Uh, no, not at the moment. Oh. Single. Single. Uh, I mean, well, you, if you yeah. come to Southern California, L.A. or Orange County, <laughs> Adam and I can don't, don't hook up with Jay because you definitely won't be getting any time. <laughs> <laughs> now, I mean, are you getting a lot of uh, girls on Twitter? I know you were on the Ultimate Fighter Australia, correct? Yeah, that was right, yeah. Yeah, now, are, I mean, and, and now... Uh, are you getting a lot of now? Did did you win the Ultimate Fighter Australia or no? Uh, no, I didn't. I lost. Uh, I lost in the uh, preliminary or semi, whichever one it's called. Yeah. Um, yeah, to to one of the one of the finalists. So that was that. That must have been a good. Actually, uh, you know, it was kind of good because it doesn't go on your record, but you also realize that you can't be beat. So it's probably a good. You know. Yeah. It, it was good in a way, you know, like, like you said, it doesn't go on your record, so it's good to get those sort of losses out of the way early. Um, yeah, and at the same time, learn, learn a lot from that fight. You know, like, I can't be on my back playing, you know, like, I might have been able to do it earlier in my career, being able to be on my back and play guard against the, some lower-level guys, but when I'm fighting a, a BJJ black belt, I can't be on my back in guard because I'm not going to really get a sub on him. So, you know, one thing I've been training is, you know, getting up off my back a lot. So, definitely helped, but at the same time, it yeah, you know, it sucked. You know, you really, you really want to go in there to win it, and uh, not getting that done, it was uh, wasn't a good feeling. Now, Jake, is there anyone you want to fight right now? Um, look, I, I, there's no one, no one in particular I want to fight. I'm just, yeah, I'm ready to fight whoever, whenever. You know, at the end of the day, it's the UFC's call, and mm-hmm. you know, whoever, whoever they want to give me, I'm, I'm happy to fight. Well, I'll give you some advice just from being a veteran for with the UFC for, for some time. They love when you call people out and they love when you pick names. So yeah. I know you're at the point where you're still okay. you're still developing, you know, and, and you're still you're still beating people up, but eventually start start honing in certain people and start calling calling guys out. It'll it'll help you down the road. <laughs> nice. Yeah, you gotta be specific about that calling guys out calling out Ronda Rousey. <laughs> <laughs> So Jake, who do you want to call out based on I your advice? I want to play Brock Lesnar, bro. Nice. Yeah. That's, that's, seriously, are, 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 are you calling anyone out or no, Jake? No, Jake Ellenberger. Oh, me? It's not about me. It's about Jake. I know, but, I, but, I, but just, I just want to know about who you're calling out Just well, now that we're on topic. Well, I was not really thinking about that, but uh, I can... <laughs> Give me a minute. You're giving the kid advice that you're not even taking. What what kind of? I'm not. There's a lot of guys I want to fight. Come on. What kind of terrible advice is this? You're going. Hey, Jake. Listen. No, I'm just. This is what Jake. Jake, you're. I'm a a veteran. A guy. They love it when you call guys out. Don't call out. Oh, I don't know. You're. Come on. You have to actually. Put me on the spot. I've fought. I've. I don't know. I've fought in everybody. 
but no, you haven't. It's not about me right now, Adam. All right, all right. So okay, all right, Jake. So I'll, I'll come back to you. So Jake, are you getting a lot of women hitting you up? Kind of. I know you're at that social media age where you're 19 years old. 19, you know, you're a big fish in a small pond. Uh, you're on Australian television. Are you? Uh, you you're you're a good-looking kid. I mean, not that I'm, you know, into 19-year-old Australian guys, but if I, oh but I can God. see how I can see how women would Here like you. Chris Hansen. How women would like you? Are are you getting a ton of women hitting you up on social media? Um, I'm not gonna lie, there is a fair few. <laughs> yeah, but oh, they're all in the states, so you know I can't really do much with that. No Australian yeah, girls. Like I said, it's, it's small Australia, so not not too many, not too many you know, girls know what uh, UFC is over in Australia. So they're all they're all they're all American girls. Oh come on, Australian girls like to hump. I, I that's <laughs> they like to hump. They, that's true. <laughs> have you been with an Australian? I have been with Australian yeah, girls. Really? Yeah. Oh, I have You're not, not down there doing the. The Australian 69, sort of like the American 69, except you do it down under. <laughs> that was the, uh, what was that guy's name? You, you got a timeout. That was... <laughs> I didn't say that. That's oh, oh, the Australian guy. That oh, that was, that. That, was that, that was John Parr, yeah, right? Yeah, John Parr. I can't remember do you know that. John Wayne Parr? I do, yeah. Yep. Yeah, he's a good dude. He's a big fan of John. He's a funny guy, too. <laughs> I'm on time. <laughs> There's an Australian ring girl. Who's that Australian ring girl that came on our show? Has those big... Oh, she was fantastic. She was hot as hell. What was her... Uh, there's a... But she's not in the UFC. She's UFC. No, but she's trying to get in the UFC, but she's sort of in the UFC. Uh, she's... Uh, I'm in the... I only know of the, the, the girl who's in the UFC now. Are those girls hitting on you? No, unfortunately, no. <laughs> All right. Man, you got to start getting some of these benefits, dude. This is, you're 19 years old. You're, you're in college campus. Uh, you're not calling anyone out, but you look great, man. Even uh, Dana White even said on Twitter, man, that kid's a monster. That kid's a beast. I mean, that, that must have felt pretty good. Yeah, I just did. Uh, yeah, no, that, yeah, no, that felt, felt really good. I was actually uh, one of my mates. Um, yeah, we were standing out the back, and my friend was in my corner with me. So he showed me the phone. I saw you know, Dana White. I didn't, I didn't actually click for a couple of minutes, and then I'm like, oh, you know, that's pretty, pretty big. I'm not to have Dana, you know, single you out. So, nah, I was yeah. happy with it. That was awesome. Did, did, something, did something right. Did your parents take you to Cold Stone afterwards for a party? <laughs> to, to where? Cold Stone Creamery. It's like a, it's I like a Cold Stone. Like a Chuck E. Cheese type thing. Do you have a, a big sleepover with your friends? I mean, oh, what is Chuck E. Cheese. Call, Chuck E. Cheese. Um, they call, yeah, um, what are they called in Australia? Cold Rock, they're called. Cold Rock. Did you go to Cold Rock? Is that just one? Five minutes from my house, but we didn't go. Nah, didn't go. Some grape juice in the dorm or nothing? No, I mean, are you going to are, 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 a grape juice? I love grape juice. <laughs> oh, it's, in Australia, it's different. We um, not many people live on campus. You just sort of you you, uh, you go to. The, I think the average age people leave home in Australia is like twenty four, twenty five. Hmm. So oh. it's not like people you know shoot off and go to college. We sort of just pick a pick a university that's close to our home. Um. Apparently, like only the um, international kids sort of live on campus, so it's a little bit different over here. Did all your friends give you high fives afterwards? Were you like the cool kid at the party? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, they, like I said, I don't really get out much, you know. I, just, I see my mates that I train with. Mm-hmm. Um, probably should get out a bit more. But, <laughs> yeah. Do you, sur- do you surf at all? Jake, do you surf? Uh, nah, I don't. Nah, Surfed okay. a couple of times. Pretty horrible at it. Actually, I live like an hour and a half from, from the closest beach, so... Oh, I gotcha. Well, Jake... Yeah, at the moment, it's winter. Well, dude, I mean, you're, you're a funny kid, man. You're a super humble kid. 
nice guy. Yeah, I, you know, you're, you're killing it, dude. You, I can't believe you're doing co- you've been doing comedy. You're doing fighting for four years, and if, and are already a, a monster. I bet at, at, at fighting, it's, it's amazing. So four years ago, you had never taken. You're 15 years old. Did you play sports before that? I played. Uh, I played Australian football for about eight years. Um, and that's actually how I got into it, into MMA. I um, I just wanted oh, because I was playing high level football, and my dad said, you know, you, you got to start start doing something to stay fit in the off season. And I went and joined a kickboxing class, and then you know I saw the jiu-jitsu class and the wrestling class, and then it sort of just progressed from there. And then um, it was like two weeks after my 16th birthday, I had my first amateur fight. And then obviously you have to you have to be 18 to to uh, fight professional, so I just got as many amateurs as I could between 16 and 18, and then when I turned 18, I just jumped in, fought, had a pro fight. <laughs> you're doing a four year, and you're in the UFC. That's that's unheard of, man. Four years. That's amazing, it. man. You that should is. be proud of yourself. You should be really proud of yourself, man. I'm telling you, sell, drop out of college. I, <laughs> drop out of college. <laughs> Forget this college thing. You, you, you could be a, you could be a gym teacher anytime you want. Trust me, it's not the hard. I mean, nothing as gym teachers. There's some very uh, well accredited gym teachers who are very good at it, but uh, none of them that are 19 that could, are in the UFC. So, uh, congratulations, you could probably, man. Whoop every gym teacher's ass ah, in the thank country you. and probably the world. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, well, uh, where can people find you on uh, on uh, Twitter? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter. It's uh, Jake BJJ MMA. Um, so you know the, the followers are getting up there. I think I'm you know, I've got about ten and a half thousand. So, yeah, Jake so, BJJ MMA. Well, well, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, nice. Well, so, well, it's a pleasure having you, man. I look forward to following your career, man. You're. Uh, you're a super nice kid, and I'm a uh, fan. No, thanks, guys. Appreciate you having me on. Thanks, Congratulations, James. brother. Keep it up. Cheers. Thanks, guys. Take care. Cheers. All right, buddy. All right, that was uh, Jake Matthews. Dude, I would. I don't know what I would be. Uh, God knows who to give that to because at 19, I would already have like four baby mamas. Oh yeah. <laughs> you, the good thing, I mean, you already did have. You, you did that yeah, I already that. did that. Oh, you do. Okay. <laughs> that would be even worse. I wouldn't have married her. I would have been getting head during that interview. There would be a girl, like, while we're Skyping, I'd be like, <laughs> girls would come up for air. I'm like, hey, what's up? I'm doing an interview right now. I'm a roasted. And go back down. I mean, seriously. He seems like a very disciplined kid, too. That's he's, good. He's, yeah, he's structured. He's good. He's got a, a lot of good things going. But isn't that, isn't that crazy? I mean, at 40, I, I, you know what? When I, when I heard he was 19, I'm like, oh. This kid's been doing comp. I've been doing comp. I keep saying this kid's been fighting since he was three years old. They put him in. They put him in like karate class, and mm-hmm. they, he was a uh, some kind of wrestler, jiu-jitsu, like like kind of how uh, Tank Scoggins said he started doing karate at three, and it, and his brothers all did it, and his parents did it. I didn't realize that the, after doing some research on him that he'd been doing it for four years. That's crazy. I mean, do you think That's no? Is it a part of it though? Is it the level of in like in Australia, MMA is not that big. And uh, you, like he even said, like if there's a 19 year old kid in the UFC in California, and he and he, and he's in college, he's the man on college. The fact that he, people don't really recognize him mm-hmm. is it that level you think? Like the level of competition? It's got to. Yeah. Be. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not really familiar with Australia as far as like um, the level. Obviously, it's probably not, nothing like it is here, like in in the in the US. But I don't know. I mean. You know he's definitely talented. In, in he's definitely talented, but is it? I mean, is it possible that like 
Let's say he walked into a gym at 15, mm-hmm. and uh, let's say he walked into Rain at 15. Mm-hmm. Is it possible for a kid in America to walk into Rain and in four years he's a purple belt, but uh, uh, in four years fight in the UFC? That seems highly unlikely. No. Very. I mean, I mean, it's yeah, it's like it was the perfect storm. It was the fact that he was in Australia. There's not that much mm-hmm. competition down there. Then he was able to get on the Australia, uh, tough Australia, which if he was in the United States, a 15 year old kid taking that same but route probably wouldn't have got a shot. At the same at time, the kid game. looks awesome. I saw the fight. I mean, it wasn't like he like you. Sometimes you see kids, people in the UFC, where you're like. How did that guy? Oh well, he took. Well, they, they you know they needed an opponent on well, one week notice, and you know he was the guy, and they put him in there. I mean, this kid mm-hmm. legitimately Enough seems to have. It seems to have have like have, <laughs> but like Pat, Pat Cummings example, right? <laughs> Pat Cummings uh, should not have been. He should be in the UFC, but not against Daniel Cormier in in that situation. Yeah. But first fight, first fight, But you know this kid Jake Matthews looked really good. Granted, I never heard of the other guy before. He mm-hmm. fought him. Mm-hmm. I think it was their both their debut, uh, you know, and they oh, both they, they were both the, undefeated. But the, the best part about this whole scenario is is this kid's young and, and he's he's still developing, you know, and he's getting the confidence. Like now he's competed on the in the UFC at the at the world stage, so now he's he's it's just building his confidence. So yeah. really, it's all good things because a lot of times, you know, guys will get 15, 20 fights before they get in the UFC, and it's like some of their best fights could have been behind them. You know what I mean? Or they, they, they maybe they're still unsure of man. Should I be competing here or can I beat these guys? We, this kid's already there. I give him, I give him two more fights before he's moving to the United States. Well, I, well, I know that what's the name said. I think well, I don't. I forgot who it was. Watch. There was two more fights. He's gonna be dominating. There was there was bring him there, there was one writer that said I'm not sold on him yet because you know you know a lot of times anyone could look good after one fight against the right opponent. I don't know. I mean the, the, that is to, true. To me, I don't I don't know. I know that he looked great. But he could be that good. We don't know. Yeah, exactly. But it, it, it does look scary. In some ways, you're like, man, how good are these kids getting in MMA? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's just. I mean, before <laughs> to put in the context, before the show started, I, I, we were looking at Mark Coleman's fights, and there was a guy. <laughs> Juan there was a, or there was a guy was. named Juan uh, Julian Julian Sanchez. Julian Sanchez. If you mm-hmm. if you guys want to, if you're a hardcore fight fan and you have fight pass, <laughs> please watch this fight. <laughs> it might be on YouTube. Please watch his walkout, the introduction. <laughs> There's a guy. Okay, like they left the back door open to the arena. And he just wandered in. It's there. like it's like there's a, okay. Yeah, so Mark Coleman is actually looking for the break room. Is fighting a guy. <laughs> he wandered up in the cage. Completely out of shape, right? <laughs> he walks no gloves. Zero and zero is his record. He he's does. He's wearing he does, a black t-shirt. He's wearing a black t-shirt. He's sponsored and, by Hanes. Though, and black so leggings. <laughs> and black leggings. He comes out. It looks like they went into the kitchen, and like the real the real guy ran away. And they said, hey, hey, what are you doing? Are you and the, doing? the guy in his interview didn't speak English. We have a spill. And we they, have had no, the they had no translator. Like, so, that, so just the guy talking Spanish in the interview before the fight. The guy is... Yeah, yeah, no translator. That's hilarious. His, his, his demeanor in the corner, he was chewing gum. He, like, he just looked like he looked like he had his, heart, his he hands in his, his armpits. No, mouth, no mouthpiece. It's like they went to Home Depot. They said, get in the car. And, and it was, <laughs> it, it was so... 
It was so weird. And then, and then Mark Coleman walks out, who's the defending champion, right? With Olympian. Kevin, oh, Kevin Randleman, Olympian. Yep. He's walking out with an entourage of 20 people. You would think he was fighting like like Brock Lesnar. You thought he was like fighting someone really yeah. So he's fighting this guy. And, he, and then the, the ring girls are holding up the, the style of fighting that he does. They're not holding so, up their rounds. ASICs or ASACs. ASACs. Like, ASAX, whatever that yeah, is. Yeah, Affleck or something. It was, it <laughs> That's was, when he trains? Yeah, ASACs. <laughs> ASACs. Which I thought was a type of sexuality. <laughs> X-lax. X- <laughs> do, do you think people back then knew like like we we would today of such of a big mismatch? Do you think like people like know that? Or oh, they had like, to. Oh, it's gonna be they a fight. They had to. They had to. There's nobody nobody in their right mind could look at a guy and go, okay, one guy's an Olympian. Uh, he's a national champion. He just beat Don Fry for the title. Uh, you know, he, he beat yeah. and, and Gary Goodrich. And then they go, okay, this guy's O and O. Uh, never fought before. Just bare knuckle fighting, out of shape, three hundred pounds, wearing a black Dude, T-shirt. It's like, it, like it's like I was saying, like watching WWE or whatever back in the day when they would have like it was Hulk like, Hogan versus Dave Stevens. Yeah, on Saturday morning. Saturday morning, and, and, and then some dude comes out looking like terrible. He's jumping around the ring like, oh, I wonder who's gonna win this one. Some like, guy I've yeah, never heard of before. In my life. I, they're, I, they're even it's coin flip. They look the same. It was unbelievable. The the one the, mm-hmm. yeah so what yeah Juan San. Julian Julian Sanchez versus Mark Coleman is the funniest fight I've ever seen in my life, and but that's what I'm saying. It's like we've evolved to the point where back then to now you got you got you got this kid, you got this uh, Jake Matthews kid, who um, who's who's, a, who's got a, a bright future. Man. I wonder what Julian Sanchez is doing right this minute. We have to get him on the podcast. If, Ju- if anyone knows Julian Sanchez, I looked him up. He had no fights after that. <laughs> He retired Did 0 and 1. His record on Sure Dog is 0 and 1 against Mark Hilarious. against Mark Coleman. Against Mark Coleman. <laughs> we have to find this guy. <laughs> we gotta find him. His record on Sure Dog 0 and 1 against Mark Coleman. That's his, I mean you, you gotta go. That guy has the best bar story. Like this guy fought Mark Coleman at <laughs> UFC 11. Was that uh, for the really title? Or just he just fight? stood there for 20 seconds. It was a, it was the first fight for like you know they had the tournaments the mm-hmm. three fights per day. It was number one. It was. Coleman versus Julian Sanchez. Mm-hmm. Like, so next week on the podcast, we're going to ask Coleman about Julian Sanchez. When he comes on, we have to ask him about that. In part two of our Mark Coleman interview. Uh, now, uh, now, Jake, uh, I know I put you on the spot. Is <laughs> there it is, there it is. Oh, my God. Oh, one. Yeah, the shadow guy looks like his figure. That looks like him. Dude, so. that was... <laughs> I'm telling you, this this honestly. This like the original. Like, what, I really wish that we had George we could Lopez put this on on like. a video and, and watch it during this because I think people would like to see the hunt, us. The hunt begins for 90s. Julian Sanchez. Yeah, Julian Sanchez. Someone's got to know him. Wow. I know someone on the underground knows him. I know he works at someone's gym. When or they he fought, I, I was I was 11. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he works at the taco place outside the gym. No, I, like, oh my god. <laughs> How do you think they like talked him into that fight? Like, hey man, they they probably we got this guy. Well, they didn't understand English anyway, so he I, he looked like he had no idea where he was. Hey, you mm-hmm. want to fight a guy who's tough? Yeah, I'll fight a guy who's I'm, I'm tough too. And then he yeah, next thought, thing you know, fight all the time. Hey, you wanna, how bad do you want to stay here in America? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they did that. You the, fight the, this guy? under the table, like, hey man, we'll give you like five hundred bucks. Yeah, I think I think the real opponent left, and the guy's somebody's gardener was outside. <laughs> And 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 they and they said, listen, man, hey, Gardner. He was actually trimming tree branches around the uh, <laughs> yeah. around the power lines. And they're like, hey. he originally had gardening gloves <laughs> on when he came into the cage. I'm honestly. Like the security dudes that were working 175 when we were there, like 
Yeah, oh, it was unbelievable. Yeah, that's true. I mean, like, I, I, I you know, I've, I've seen fat people wear t-shirts in a pool. I've never seen them wear them in a, in a UFC fight. I never saw a fat guy. Water park. Yeah. Water park. Oh my God. The guy that leaves his shirt on at the water park. Oh yeah, that. That was that was me at at XS with a couple of the fighter dudes. They all had their shirts off. They were ripped Adonis's. Yeah. Twenty something year old. And I'm but that's but that's normal 20. though. You're a normal person. You're not going to fight Mark Coleman tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. I mean. Yeah. That's I mean, hilarious. I, I loved. I mean, was there any Vegas odds on this fight? I would love to see the the, the, the odds. On... I think it was even money. <laughs> <laughs> even even if you lost, they would still pay you. That, that that's how bad the odds were. <laughs> right. They're like, you know what? You're you're you obviously have have uh, you're mentally yeah. you know challenged. Just, here's your money back, please. <laughs> I get sorry to, to to back up a little bit, but at the expo, I, I did a couple different signings for Virus. Um, and I had so many people come up to me and, and was was talking about the podcast. Oh, really? Yeah, like, well, the first, there was probably about 15 to 20 guys that came up and asked me if I've gotten laid yet, <laughs> which, was a, which was a good conversation starter. And then I said, well, guess what? Go to the back of the line, dude. I'm not signing shit for you now. <laughs> Is that what you said? Yeah, absolutely. Are you serious? And then I was like, I'll, I'll give you a picture, but I'm not going to smile. And that was like, That's hilarious. 20 guys. But that's a true story. That part is true. I did get a lot of people that complimented the podcast, That's though. Hilarious. They were like, you and Adam, you guys are hilarious. <laughs> they, yeah, that, that was... The funny part is, is I'm, I'm in front of... like I have the, the owners of Iris, you know, there's like there's like four of them, you know, and then there's there's Sten, there's Ryan, there's a few guys that are all... The, the head guys, they all... The, basically, the whole company's there. And then there's me, like, right in front of him. You guys are like, hey, man, have you gotten laid yet, bro? And I'm like... <laughs> this motherfucker. <laughs> and there's like 97 people behind him, and they're all kind of smiling and stuff. That's awesome. I uh, did. I did notice that that, that that like people online look like people that listen to our podcast. <laughs> that that is so funny, and but, that's no disrespect. People listen to our podcast. We 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 do have a very uh, we have a very core group of people. That, like we do, uh, which is which is awesome. We we are we are the we are the the the, 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 the people's champ of podcasts. Yes. Uh, that's what I will say that. Now that is so funny. Now so they now you said you were the people came up to you and had to cut the line and ask you if you got laid. Or there's a couple people that, did, that, that didn't even they didn't even get in line. They just like walked straight to me. <laughs> oh my god, that is our that, fan. that's our fan base right yeah. there. And I, and I was like, yeah, damn. beat it. This guy buys something, double. Don't kick rocks. Yeah. Have you gotten laid yet? My shirt's on sale for eighty bucks now. So the funny part is that like, so you got no sleep, like, like no sleep. sleep. You're at a wedding, like literally, you got zero sleep. You get off, you're tired. <laughs> Some guy goes, "Have you gotten laid yet?" <laughs> That's the last thing you wanted to hear. One after another, like every fifteen guys. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There was there was like five guys in a row. Too. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> oh, that is oh. so funny. <laughs> in front of the owners of the company. What did the yeah. owners say? Were they like what? Uh, I, they, they, I think a few of them kind of acted like they didn't hear it. They were kind of like <laughs> kind of turned around and then like. Uh. That is so. They're like, funny. What, what else does this guy do? I don't really know. I don't think we're gonna top that. That's the funniest thing I've ever. I, I'm crying. Like, I, honestly, <laughs> a lot of times I, I, I laugh or I know something's funny. That I like, literally am crying about the fact that people have waited online to ask you if you got laid. <laughs> so yeah, all no, right. no, yeah, not not. There's a guy. <laughs> 
no picture, no 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 autograph. It was he that question answered, line. yeah, to leave. And I was to like, ask that question. Oh, yeah. waited four hours to ask you if you got laid yet. Yeah. <laughs> I love our fans. I, fans, I love you guys. I love you so much, man. That makes me so happy. Oh. And someone will wait four hours to ask Jake Ellenberg if you got laid. <laughs> you know yeah, I'm going to be laughing all day because of that. I'm going to like literally be walking somewhere and just start laughing. And people are going to think I'm crazy. Now, uh, all right, we got to talk. Today, uh, it got signed. Tim Kennedy uh, is fighting uh, that that. Uh, Craig, Joel Romero. You are Romero. A tough fight for Kennedy. What do you think about that fight? Yeah, that is a tough fight. Wow. Um, you know, Kennedy impressed me when he when he fought Bisbing. That was a he fought smart. He's 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 great on the ground and, and uh you know, we'll see. I think he's gonna he's gonna test uh Yul's conditioning a little bit. We'll see the the later that that fight goes, but that's gonna be a tough guy to get to the ground. Yeah. One of the guys, isn't he one of the few guys who has has wins over Kale Sanderson? I think he has like three wins over Kale Sanderson. Uh, Cuban Cuban national. Champ. The only thing is he got into MMA late. I wonder how good he'd be. How old is he now? Was, I think he's like, probably 40. And I wonder, how, I wonder how good he'd be if they put him in MMA right after beating Kale Sanderson. That's the, uh, you know. Right. I think that he has did not look great against Derek Brunson. Derek Brunson's a tough guy. But Derek would have won that fight if mm-hmm. he hadn't got caught. And against Brad Tavares, also Look good, not great. Tavares also another really tough guy. I think if, you know. I think if this was a five round fight, I would almost say Kennedy could beat him because he seems to fade late. Mm-hmm. Yoel's cardio is a little bit questionable. And I, he reminds me a lot of uh, oh, the other guy from from American Lombard? Top Team Lombard. He reminds me a lot of him because you know they're they're very powerful, dangerous, very dangerous in the first round. It's like it, 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 he could. You know, it could be it could be a really really exciting fight, and it could be a really really boring fight. Yeah, I mean, Kennedy's a smart guy. The good thing about Kim Kennedy is that he's one of these guys that doesn't care about impressing fans during his fights, and I think that's <laughs> he's all about getting the win. Right. And uh, and I think that that'll help him in this fight because if you mm-hmm. go, if you if you stand a trade with either Romero or Lombard, Lombard or any of these guys, that's just you know, and that's the thing. It's like a lot of guys. You know, it's like I was talking to Chris Camozzi after his fight, and he he was really upset. And he's a great guy. He was like, kept texting me, "I want to meet you, I want to meet you." And I'm, a, I'm a, I like Chris Camozzi a lot. Um, but he, you know, he he lost his fight to a guy that basically laid on him uh, for two out of three rounds. And, and um, and, and you know, and Chris is like, you know, he has to he has to uh, defend that, you know. But the the thing about Chris Camozzi is that uh, he's like, dude, I just I don't even care if I win. Uh, he's like, I obviously want to win. But I want to put on entertaining fights. That's all I want to do is put on amazing, entertaining fights. And I, and I feel like he even said that if he gets, uh, obviously he he like doesn't want to get cut, you know. Mm-hmm. But he was like, man, if I get cut, I am starting a fight team, and we're going up against those Russians. You know, you know, remember that thing on the internet? Uh, not the that like that that like team fighting. <laughs> Have you seen that? Like eight, eight on eight fighting. Oh yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, I saw on the internet. Yeah, or so, like in a field. You talking no, about? No, no. There's a new. There's a new league now. <laughs> no way. I, I yeah. swear. Really? Like at one time, eight on eight. Yeah, eight on eight. Different countries. So Chris Camozzi says he wants to. He, oh, him and his buddies man. are gonna form a team. Hold on, no, hold on, hold on, hold on. Eight <laughs> on eight in the cage at one time. Yeah, it's and not. Are like you allowed to like double team? Like if you see yeah, boy get yeah, it's it, yeah. And just pound on the. It's thing. the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. Oh my one God. of them. I've it seen is. the field fights where they have like guys with MMA shorts and gloves, and there's like twenty of them meeting the field, and they just beat the piss out of each this other. This is like that, up. but it's like sort of sanctioned and. Uh, <laughs> 
and in front of a crowd. Sort of sanctioned. And uh, yeah, so Chris has a team that he's already planning. Now, would you do that? Would you do the you eight know, on eight? You fighting? know, what? I actually considered that. I was thinking about that. Like, what are the like? Can you just fight? You just hit anybody, or is it once one on one engages, you can just you. stay on one on one, or is it like? You know, if, if my buddy's anybody. getting like, I'd be the guy that back just cold clocking people and then, and then <laughs> running. People like jumping <laughs> I know. The top. I just, I just want to know the rules because it's like if it's a gang fight where there's like, yeah, you can hit anybody. Then it's like, all right, well now it's gonna change. But but what it was I forgot the countries that were involved. But one country it looked like they were they were huge. The other guy looked like the country they were like they were half as big. It was didn't seem very. Very good matchmaking. Pakistan uh, guy had a gun. I don't even know how. I don't even know how <laughs> you even ma- like matchmake that. You'd have to like. <laughs> there is no match. Like you put you put eight guys together. Yeah. Uh, it, it was it know. was hilarious. Anyway, so uh, yeah. Well, listen. Uh, that is our our show. Uh, I had a lot of fun. I hope you guys I enjoyed the show. Like, I laughed like uh, like the son of a bitch today. <laughs> oh man, it's this good was, to be back. It's good to have Jake back. Good to have T Rex back. Good for me yeah. to uh, show up on time. Oh yeah, quick, uh, real quick. Uh, a big thanks to DJ. I had a. When I was at UFC 175, I was tweeting from the UFC on Fox account, doing a little bit of uh, just some tweets for him. We had a great time. We got a lot of good, uh, a lot of good responses. So we did. That, Thanks. That, those were those were awesome, man. Thanks. He was good sitting time. behind me the whole time, and I just kept turning around, thumbs up, and I'm, I'm like, those were those were good. And then Joe Lozon awesome. having your back. Yeah, it was funny because DJ was like, hey, 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 um, do you want to do some UFC and fight? I'm like, absolutely, that'd be great. And uh, I get there, my 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 battery's like nine percent. I'm like, <laughs> you gotta be. That's so. Anyway, Joe uh, Joe Lozon had a had a portable phone charger with him. He's like, oh, I just use mine. And then um, I was like, great, that really worked out. Um, Manny Gambrain was next to him. He's like, oh, I got a cord. So it was like we had three oh, people nice. put together a phone. You know, my phone charge my phone. <laughs> Anyway, we we had a good time though. MMA, like MMA MacGyver here. So, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> nice. Well, D- DJ Shope, thank you for everything. Uh, it was great partying with DJ, DJ over the weekend. It was good seeing uh, you guys there. It, it was a lot of fun. Thank you, T Rex. Thank you, Jake Ellenberger. Thank you, uh, Adam Hunter. This week I will be at the Comedy Club in Rochester, New York. That's the name of it. It's called the Comedy Club. I guess they they ran out of names. There's only one. Yeah, there, it's, <laughs> I know there's a couple of them actually, but I'm at the Comedy Club in Rochester, New York, home of John Jones and Frank Trigg. Nice. Uh, Frank Trigg's son's coming to my show. Really? Thursday. Yeah. How old is he? Uh, I don't know. Like, he's a grown. Yeah, he's a grown man. Uh, wow. I love Frank Trigg. Maybe I get Frank on the show. Maybe next week we'll get Trigg and Coleman. That'd be cool. Nice awesome. guy. Uh, great guy. Um, and then, um, yes, yeah, so that's that. And then I'm, I'm at uh, the last week of uh, of uh, July on a Wednesday night. I'm headlining the Gotham Comedy Club. I think that's uh, July 30th. Gotham you, Comedy are you Club. Are doing the show the next night? The live at Gotham. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then do the, the TV show, Live yep. of Gotham, afterwards. So, uh, you can follow me, MMA Roasted, or at Adam Comedian, uh, adamhunter.com. Where can people find you guys? Uh, well, uh, I'll be at uh, the parlor in um, Bellevue, Washington, <coughs> Thursday through Saturday. With Russell Peters. With Russell Peters. Boom. Leaving Thursday. Sweet. And, uh, yeah, Todd Rex, uh, T-O-D-D-R-E-X-X, on uh, Twitter and on Facebook. And Boom. And you? I am at Ellenberger MMA on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, thank you, Fox Sports.